0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Backlog Breakdown. I'm Josh and I have with me here my co-host Nate. Hi, Josh. Hey Nate, was that okay? Was that close? What, what was that? Was that Raz? That was Raz, yeah. I was trying that to was, do Razz. That was not not bad. Not bad. You should have done a little ee that little, <laughs> that little <laughs> e-, e-, e thing. That would have been, that would have been better, but I'm not that clever. So. Well, yeah. Anyway, it's just, I I appreciate that. I appreciate the effort that you put into that. Well, thank you. You know, I always try and and put effort into our introductions. Uh, Sometimes I got the results weren't terrible. The results weren't terrible. (laughs) They they were, they were mediocre. They were adequate. (laughs) They were adequate. Yes. That was a decent introduction. Sufficient introduction. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> i'll take it there we go I'll um well, it. since it is the end since psychonauts september has come to an end just wanted to reference it in the intro because well as you already know listener uh because you've seen the title of this episode today we are going to be taking a deep dive look at psychonauts the original mm, mm. um for a number of different platforms i played it on pc um, I'm pretty sure you played it on PS4, right? There's a mm-hmm. digital edition mm-hmm. um, that you can grab. It's part, of that, it's part of that whole PS2 on PS4 initiative that they don't do anything with anymore. <laughs> the, the, you know, none of the platforms really do it. You, you know, Nintendo talks about older games on their newer systems and then it just fizzles. Uh, Dude, brief aside.
1: Okay, so I don't know if we talked about it on the last one, but Nintendo's like, hey, Super Nintendo games, and Mm. we're not going to be putting out nearly as many of them anymore. right? And it's like, I was like, ooh, I was like, the optics on that one are real bad, guys. Like, that's real not good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, okay, so it's going to (laughs) be... Nintendo doesn't have the best track record for stuff like that. You know, it's like mm-hmm. they definitely strike when the iron's hot. They they were releasing stuff on like the virtual console on Wii for a while, but then it just mm-hmm. went downhill. Uh, the, the same with Wii U. It just trickled out very slowly. And it's like, is that what's right about to happen? Oh, but buy a Super Nintendo controller for 30 bucks. Yeah,
1: well, and it's like, can I just be perfectly honest? I I, I may have ranted about this before, but this whole move to like, we're going to tie this to the subscription, but you can't actually buy any of these games because we've gotten rid of the virtual console and there will be no virtual console on the Switch. I'm like, that's dumb. Yeah. Because there's games that I just, I would pay money for period. Like I just, I just want to buy. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, but you could play all these Nintendo games that I don't care about. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I hate being that guy, but I'm just like, I, I, I really want, it's just the one thing. I just think Nintendo's infrastructure online stuff is, is really bad. And I just like, it, you just want to talk to s- someone over there and just be like, do you guys understand this is bad? This is a bad setup, a bad storefront, a bad service. It's bad. It's just overall bad. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, yeah, but you only paid 20 bucks a year and I'm like, I don't care. Like I mm. t- it's bad. It's like this this is like I'm looking at this and I'm like, dude, I actually think your Wii U storefront might have been a little bit better than what you're offering on the Switch. Mm. And it's like uh, just as far as presentation and Oh yeah. Kinda, I I just like and it's just like I don't know I I I really love Nintendo like I'm super stoked about some of the stuff that they've got going on uh or in the blind forest dropped so Mm -hmm. like of course maybe and well when we get to the backlog (laughs) report I'll I'll talk a little bit about that but it's like yeah like I'm stoked because I think the switch is like a really cool thing but at the same time I'm kind of
0: like interesting Interesting. I I don't know that I'd go that far, um, but I agree with you. Like, why not just do both and? Because there's already a bunch of different companies that are putting out old games as like single downloads. So yep. why not just do both? Because even that. So here's here's the business part of me talking. Is if you do that, then you could even like stretch that as like look at everything you get for twenty dollars all of these games for $20 a year. All of these games if you were to go out and buy them, you know, would be $180 or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could totally spin that if you could just do both. I don't know if there's any kind of rights things preventing them from doing that, but it just yeah, it seems kind of like a no-brainer. Um but it's because Nintendo don't they they, they do some very strange things. It's true. <laughs> It's true.
1: Nintendo don't make sense.
0: <laughs> no, a lot of the time that they don't. Um, also, before Anyways. we get into the episode proper, I did want to correct myself on something. Actually, listening back and editing the last episode, um, we talked about how uh, I didn't think I, I said this specifically. I didn't think that uh, Code Vein was actually coming out soon. I thought that was, you know, that it got pushed back. Well, it turns out in the time between episodes, it has been released. So Hmm. it's out in the wild. I haven't heard much about it, but.
1: I thought that it
0: got pushed back too, but
1: yeah, no, I mean, I played the demo for it. It's okay. It's interesting. It's like an anime, weird anime game Mm -hmm. about vampires or undead or something. Uh, It's sort of Bloodborne-ish. It's it's sort of a Souls-ish type style game. Uh, I liked I liked the beta demo sort of thing that I played. Um, and eventually it, it's to me it's it's one of those things that it's definitely like uh wait till it's like twenty bucks. Gotcha for for like a definitive edition or something. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah, you it, know, but it seems that it's gotten middling reviews, which is weird for a game of that. Size. Well, I say weird. I guess that was it. Reminds me a lot of um that other game. What is it called? It's like, it's like a bar, you're like this barbarian guy. Uh, Lords of the Fallen? Lords of the Fallen. That's the game. I actually like that game a lot. Okay. Okay. I've heard similar, or just in that like middling reviews. Yeah. It's another one of these style games Um, from people who really like, you know, Dark Souls and Mm -hmm. Bloodborne. It's just like, yeah, it's another one.
1: Yeah. I I mean,
0: like it's, it's not nearly
1: as, from what I played, it's not nearly as like punishing as like Bloodborne. Okay. Um it's not like I and I mean, like, I'm I'm okay with that. Like, frankly, like I while I enjoy the Souls formula, uh well, the Bloodborne formula and the Neo formula, I mm-hmm. think like it can be like a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um but anyways, enough talk about <laughs> game that we yeah. haven't played and who wants to that
0: hear about video games
1: Nate doesn't Nate Nintendon't likes I don't <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to work that in as often as I possibly can now, um because I'm uh I'm a horrible human being um, <laughs> that's okay no, it,
0: it counteracts my fanboyishness a little bit <laughs> so good. Uh, how how are you man how's school going how's the broccolo tribe ah we're doing good we're doing good um my son turned four you know a couple weeks ago i think i mentioned it on the last episode we had his birthday party this past weekend and that was fun um my wife got sick and so i've been Hmm. you know like trying to make sure that she gets enough rest and the kids are taken care of and not too crazy um but that i was actually talking to someone about that earlier today and it's The great big pile of toys that he got from his birthday actually helps that. Um, It can create some fights between him and his sister, but at least it keeps them occupied. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. So, um, no, I mean, we're doing good. Uh, I will say, in terms of school, I had another quiz, and the Mm. map portion actually coincided with what we had been studying the previous two weeks. So I actually did pretty well on the test. Well, um, that's cool. Yes, I mean, yes.
1: I still think those those quizzes sound sort of bogus to me. Yes.
0: But. Well, and that. So I was talking to my wife afterwards, and she was like, "So you like your professor has to pick up on something, right? Because like you didn't do very well on the last two, and this one you did well. It's kind of clear, you know what the, what the difference is, right? Like he has to know. There has to be something. So." And it also kind of confirms, it's this weird mixture of just like, oh, yes, I did it. I did good. And the sense of just like frustration because it's like, ah oh, I did bad last time because it didn't like, it wasn't like this, <laughs> if that makes like, sense. Give so, me
1: more of this exactly. and less of those other things. Right, right.
0: <laughs> if you quiz me on stuff we've actually studied, then oh I my. should do well. Um, but no, so so it, that that was much better. I'm ready to... Um, I've got two weeks left in this course and um, then on to the next one after that and we'll see what the workload is for that guy. But uh, yeah, no, doing pretty good. Always busy, always stuff going on. Um, So actually, well, we'll we'll get to it when we talk about the report. Um, I haven't had much time for Vigi Games just because Mm. of the rest of life kind of getting in the way um, you know, life getting in the way of video games. Yes. I just said that out loud. <laughs>
1: good, good. That's good and proper orders. Oh man. Oh man. How good how are you doing? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, pre-show, uh, we, we, we talked a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, for those of you who, uh, you know, don't, Aren't patrons? Well, then you missed out on some of that. But I uh-huh. had a day. Yeah, and there's <laughs> and a way I'm, for you to I'm,
0: remedy that. By the way, we have yes. Patreon. You can hear we all do have, about it. Yes,
1: you can listen to me grumble about my day. That uh, <laughs> 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 no, it was. It was. Uh, it was, it was that. Uh, that office space sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> and it's like my answer to that would be a Hale and Hardy. Yes. uh Now go away before I strangle you and uh, (laughs) you know it's like it was it was a rough rough day uh just a combination of several different things and just uh but right now it's it's got it's gotten a little bit better um because i um well when we get into the the i i stopped playing psychonauts and getting frustrated with the meat circus and i actually uh, am enjoying some spirits to lift my spirits (laughs) i'm i'm imbibing what I have dubbed the muddy Russian, which is basically a white Russian with, uh, some espresso and some chocolate syrup because I like liquid candy and, uh, <laughs> alcoholic liquid candy. There you go. So
0: It certainly, it sounds like it would put you in a, in better spirits.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it was a day, um, uh, but you know, I, uh, I have Wednesday off and so you know, I've got some stuff to do, but yeah, the things have been pretty good. Um, there was a situation that I've sort of been kind of handling as far as like a, de- a deacon in training. And so there, there's been some stuff that sort of cropped up around the situation more or less that it's just like, it's good in the sense that like, it's nice to be able to participate and sort of flex some of that stuff. And, yeah. uh, in some ways, it very much feels like a confirmation to a confirmation to the office. I still like have concerns about whether or not I'm qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you know I, I, I think that there's nothing wrong with sort of wrestling with some of those issues. but yeah. uh, overall, like uh, well, our, our, the allergies have sort of like let up a little bit. I've also started taking a pill, um, okay. an allergy pill to sort of mitigate some of that stuff. Uh, yeah, this, the last couple of weeks have been fairly relaxed. Uh, before yeah. I forget though, too, man, I, I did want to just like throw a shout out to Wes, my mm-hmm. uh, henshin dad, Wesley himself, man, yes. uh, just, you know, that, that bite size that he, he did for us. I really appreciated that. And just, I appreciated the pushback and the sort yeah. of the, the conversations that we had surrounding that. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to, uh, you know, sort of publicly say like. I really did appreciate like his sort of like saying, Hey, like, listen, while a lot of this stuff isn't inherently bad, a lot of it is very culturally oriented. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, you know what? I, I appreciate that. Cause there's a lot of stuff where you can just sort of like, where I just sort of like poo pooed a lot of stuff where I was like, this is silly. Like, just move on. Like, this isn't that important. And Wes was like, well, like the thing is like in some, in some cultures or whatever, like these things may not be appropriate or good. And it was like, huh. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So our our man of many cultures, Wes the Henshin Dad. <laughs> so thanks, Wes.
0: Yes. I wholeheartedly agree. And I apologize for not, you know, like uh promoing the episode as as much as I feel like it should have been. Um you know, like I said, I've been real busy lately, but absolutely well, I'm not it. nearly as busy and it still took me like two or three <laughs> days to do it. So. But that is yeah, not I that is not a reflection of, of uh, our enjoyment of, of the episode. We
1: very or, much or the quality of that. episode, Exactly. Yeah. The quality of that content. It's more of just Josh and I are bums.
0: Exactly. That's what it is. We're not man enough. You know, our through.
1: our our manliness was was called into question <laughs> and thoroughly rebuffed. <laughs> so, well, let's just sort of keep this party, this psychic levitation
0: ball rolling along, <laughs> and like let's it. get
1: into the, the the backlog report,
0: homie. What do you say? Okay, I agree. It's like you read my mind. Okay, oh, so let me <laughs> zing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let let me. Get- <laughs> i'm just gonna do that just our you know. new transitionatory transitional that's the word transitional uh sound little that'd be a good little sound clip to find find a use for
1: that and uh oh so i was on the 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 trg patreon today mm-hmm. and logan's asking about scary games and oh I, yeah and uh, i said well VR. Uh, Resident Evil seven in VR has been to date the most horrifying experience I've ever had in video games. And he was like, Oh, that, that man bear pig roar that you let out. Cause there's that clip of me going, uh, uh, uh!" (laughs) and I was like, I need to just like, take that, that audio clip and just find like weird places to insert it (laughs) in, in, in real life. Yeah, it, it it it's amusing, and it muse, it amuses me. So it's mm-hmm. one of those situations where I very much can laugh at myself, um, with everybody else.
0: So yeah, y- you should like rip the audio from that and just have it on your phone for different, you know, whenever you just want like
1: somebody come somebody comes up and says something <laughs> stupid, I just like dig it up and just play it at them. <laughs>
0: uh anyways yeah. so
1: you want to go first with your report or do you want me
0: sure to? I'll, I'll i'll yeah because mine probably shouldn't take very long so um terms of video games i've played two video games in the past two weeks um not very much of either of them one of which is psychonauts and so we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. that a mm-hmm. lot so i'm going to wait to to get into that uh spoiler alert i enjoyed it i did finish the game and I think it's a good game. Um, I've also mm-hmm. been playing dun, 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 Dragon Quest Eight, so mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. it, like I've. So th- I think this is like the third time that I thought that I was about to beat the game, and it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, it kind of fakes you out a little bit. Um, I don't necessarily want to give anything away to anyone who hasn't played it, like I, you know, no spoilers or whatever. But I will just say that I technically have already beaten the last boss although um it wasn't his final form and so now I have a little quest that I need to do after which I assume that I will fight the last boss again does that make sense mhm yeah maybe maybe mm-hmm. that's maybe their final forms after him but I was literally and- Oh yeah, what were you gonna say?
1: Well, I was gonna say, and if memory, if if I'm thinking correctly, and if my memory is serving me rightly, so there is a way, like there is, after you beat the boss at one point, after you beat the game, basically at one point in time, you can actually sort of like come back through, and they, it unlocks some like extra stuff, and actually unlocks the actual boss fight. What? Like there's there's an like it's sort of like like a good ending versus a bad ending but it's not really gotcha. a bad ending sort of thing like you know wes uh maybe you want to corroborate or disprove me or just whatever uh in in the the patreon or in in our discord channel but uh since you've played it much more recently than i have but there's like so you you beat the final boss, and then that actually unlocks some content, and like you go back and you do this other stuff, and it's it's like a few hours of extra content, and then you do that fight again, and it unlocks like the actual fight. Woof! It's kind of like a Persona thing, but it's not even like it's not like I don't remember it being like super cumbersome. No, okay. it was just like it's like oh, if you do this like two or, two or three. This this extra couple of hours worth of questing and get like a couple items like kind of thing. But mm. it's also been like probably ten fifteen. Yeah, you know, it's it's been a chunk of time since I played it. So yeah. I don't I mean I was yeah, it's been at least ten years. So
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Well, I, I just assume that, I mean, based on my previous experience, I've only played through a few other Dragon Quest games, um, but, you, you know, their their reputation precedes them. I assume that the final boss is going to have multiple forms, as most RPGs do. Um, I will not conform, <laughs> confirm nor deny. <laughs> yeah. So when when I fought him the first time, and he looked somewhat childish... Um I figured he, like after I beat him he was going to, you know, then the real version of him was going to come out. And so I intentionally was like saving my MP and and made drew out the fight much longer than it should have gone <laughs> at that point in the game. Mm-hmm. So then when he like melted, I was just like, "Wait, wait, wait. What? Like what's going on here? I thought I was at the very end." Um no, I'm I'm enjoying it. Don't make I don't mean that to say that like no, I just want this game to end. No, but it's also like the home stretch. So I'm like, like, I'm almost there. Let's push. Let's do this. And then that's not the end. And it's like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I'm sticking with this one. I thought after, you know, the past month of not beating any games, I thought that I was going to have two of them down this past weekend, but that didn't mm-hmm. end up happening. So uh, yeah, those are the video games that I have played uh in terms of reading you know more institutes more um the valley of vision i actually finished through that 13 week plan but i most of the days i only read like the first reading so um i still have more to read in that so i'm going to stick around in the valley of vision cuz i really like you know just that kind of recentering that i've talked about
1: um, you know just as like a an an keep interrupting but one mm. of the things i did for a while was instead of like just doing a day by day i just would do one reading a day yeah and i would just sort of like go like so i do like those three in order and then i do the next you, you know what i'm saying okay. like yeah and so that's it i i probably actually needed to pull that i, I probably need to just start throwing that back in my bag and mm-hmm. just like busting that out for like a few minutes during like a break or something yeah so
0: yeah that's a great idea i should actually print out that um the joe thorn schedule thing schedule yes thing that way i can just like check them off because it took me a few times i just have the pdf on my phone and a few times i was like wait is this the one that i'm on or is that one i don't remember like just actually mark them off hey that makes sense go analog baby um anyways Mm mm-hmm So, uh, oh, so I have recently, I did finish listening to a book, um, but I'm probably going to go through it again. It's like a, it's a productivity book, I guess. Um, what's it called? It's called free to focus by Michael Hyatt. And, Mm. um, so it basically just kind of outlines, um, some like his system of, Uh, how he gets things done he was a a previous i believe ceo for thomas nelson publishers so kind of like a a business guy and now he like devotes his life to like productivity productivity stuff um and so i guess he's a big name in that sphere i hadn't heard of him until uh started looking into it because um the well i was going to say my boss the pastor the lead pastor at our church Um, offered to get... Who is your
1: boss? Yes,
0: yes, he is my boss and my boss's boss. Um, Cool guy, love the dude. Uh, But he offered, like, anyone on... He's been using this planner um, called the Full Focus Planner that this guy releases, Mm -hmm. that Michael Hyatt has, and he's he's used a lot of the systems, and he just thinks very highly of it, so he offered, like, anyone who wanted one that he'd buy him, like, for the whole staff, if you actually use it, because it's kind of expensive otherwise. It's, like, 40 bucks for uh, a planner that's like three it's it lasts for a quarter so it's three months long but it's because it's kind of detailed yeah yeah and it's a nice little book too but i mean yeah it's just kind of expensive um so i i took them up on that offer and so i've been trying to set that up so uh it's been good like you can definitely read the book and just pull out some of the because uh, it it does kind of go along with the planner. Like the planner codifies a lot of what the book is talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do work together, but you can read the book by itself and still get kind of the same, uh, the same stuff and implement it. It's just easier with the planner because it's all right there and you don't have to, you know, think about a lot of stuff. You just fill out the pages. Um, but, mm-hmm. but the whole thing with, with his system of productivity is like, Basically, pick your most important things, prioritize your life, and uh, and then set like goals with different time limits on them, and work your hardest like to meet those goals. So like actually get more done by doing less because you're just very focused on those few things as opposed to being scatterbrained on a ton of different things. So, uh, anyways, free to focus. Hmm. Yeah, that's been pretty good. I I'll have to it.
1: check that out at some point in time.
0: Yeah, I dig it. So, so that's well, you been know, my... after
1: you're done with it, you can sort of come back and let us know what you think.
0: Yeah, Do you yeah. go through
1: the quarter or whatever.
0: Right. Yeah it'll take a it'll take a bit because um, I like so you know it's the start of October so I was kind of listening to that to get me in the the swing of it when I f- start going full bore on this planner that I have now. So cool there you go what you've been up to the past two weeks what do you have to report on
1: well uh i put borderlands 3 on the back burner i was like i was sort of like i was going hard at that for a little bit and i was like okay like it's okay to pump the brakes on this thing and so (laughs) um you know i'll probably here in the next week or so like i'll probably at least pick up Pick it back up a couple of times, like to play with my brother. Um, I also played a little bit of Castle Crashers with uh, our boy Micah, yeah. And that was like we were having problems, but it was fun. Like we played for like an hour or so, and there was like there was initially some connection problems, and then we sort of, anyways. So I think we're gonna try and continue to do that. And um, I'm actually we're gonna try and beat it because I've never beaten it before. Okay. Um, it was like one of those things like he and I were talking about it and it's like, yeah, I got kind of far ish. And, uh, I said, and then it just, it was like one of those things where like my brother and I were actually playing that together. And it's like, we would actually, that was, I was living, uh, I was staying with my parents for a little bit. And so that's, we would play cause he was there too. And so we would mm-hmm. play, he would sit down and play anyways. Um, so there was that, um, and just Psychonauts and then uh, yeah. th- there was the, the unfortunate bit where it's like I was about 5 or 6 ish hours into Psychonauts and I was sort of like and I was telling you about this it's like I was sort of doing and I even posted in the group about this too but mm-hmm. I was doing like a slow crawl like I was going through and basically like cleaning out each level cuz I was going to just do as much as I could to 100% the game yeah and and get the platinum in one playthrough and um so i was about five or six hours through the game and i was like oh well i've sort of been ignoring this and so i'm gonna fire it back up and i fired it back up and i got that lovely screen that says save file corrupted and i was like i just kind of like i gave my tv the stink eye and I, (laughs) I, i googled some stuff and it was like try this and it was like okay so i tried that that didn't work and then i was like restore the save from the cloud that didn't work you know it was just like I was like, Oh, you stinking turd. Um, and, uh, uh, I'm really hoping that that does not happen again. Cause honestly, like, (laughs) especially at this point, uh, especially at this point, if it does, I will just walk away from the game for a while. Yeah. I may come back to it at some point in time, but like, especially sort of given. Yeah. Uh, so Psychonauts, uh just it's and, and you know, it's no surprise. I like the game. I'm I I enjoy the fact like and, and again we'll talk about this a little bit more further on down the road. I enjoyed sort of like so when I came back to it, I just sort of like rushed through it. It was just pounding through it. Like and uh you know, just quick disclaimer. I um, I am on the last level currently. Mm-hmm. Um but and again, we'll talk about that, but I haven't been able to actually beat it this time so far. Mm. That may change by the time this releases. <laughs> if so, I'll post in the group or whatever. But um, yeah, it's 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 really good. Uh, you know, Borderlands Three is really good. Castle Crashes is really good. But and uh, you know, just to sort of throw this out there, I think so. Next month we've got the Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it two?
0: we're yes. going to be playing. Yes. Okay.
1: So I've got that. I've got like a remastered version for my PS3 and that's how I'm going to play. Mm-hmm. And then you've got your version. And um, so that's going to be like the big drive, but then I'll probably pick up, like I said, some Borderlands three again and the occasional uh, session with Micah. And then uh, I'm half tempted to, and I told you about this, It's like, instead of just bad mouthing Breath of the Wild... There was some other stuff that came up. Like uh, I actually picked up a copy of Ori, and the blind force for switch, because I already own the definitive version for PC. So it's like no points. I don't have to worry about it. And it actually gives me this on a platform that I'm actually probably going to play it on. So I was nice. like, eh, I'll take it. Um, so I did start that up the other night and just j- basically just started it up. But I'm just like, instead of just bad mouthing Breath of the Wild all the time, why don't I just like knuckle down and just chew through that game? And uh so there's I'm I'm debating about putting that thing on the table. So Nice. Um because yeah, there's there's more than a few games that I have for my Switch too. And and considering the fact that next year I wanted to try and chew chew up Dragon Quest Eleven, I'd also mm. probably like to chew up uh Octopath Traveler and uh okay. so it's like you know i have like a couple big games that i want to try and tackle next year but i'm not going to outside of that um the other thing was like man just there's so much that came out recently that's like and then there's stuff coming out like dude that the outer worlds is coming out next month uh-huh. and i'm looking at that and i'm going like I, i'm definitely going to wait on that one but there's a there's a part of me that's like I want it, <laughs> I want it so much. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know. Anyways. Um. So, reading. Um. I finally finished that calming your spirit book, the, yeah. the anger devotional. It was good. I'm actually probably going to just sort of chew through that at a quicker pace this time. Let's read like a couple chapters in a sitting, and uh, you know, maybe do some deep dive stuff. Uh, I actually too. I picked up an audio Bible, and it's a okay. It's one of those the Bible in a Year audio Bibles, and so I'm just listening to two or three sections at a clip, just to sort of do a bit of a uh, high altitude flyover of Scripture, mm-hmm. um, just to sort of get like a bigger picture. Um, and uh, I've read a little bit more of the Cigar book, and I actually picked up mm. the Al Mohler book that uh, the leadership book. Uh, oh yeah, that we had started to read last year and i was like i need to just finish this thing so i've been sort of working on that a little bit um i need to finish that and good and angry and then ah, man i've got too many too many irons in the fire um but one of the one of the books i actually picked up on on kindle was there were two books and and one was a funny story i'll try to make this quick but we all know that i'm good at being bad at brevity that's sort of one of our things There was a woman, and I can't remember the name. I want to say Rachel G. Miller. She's an OPC congregant. She wrote a book called Beyond Submission and Authority. Mm -hmm. It's sort of examining some of the complementarian problems and yeah, just sort of examining marriage and male headship and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, a guy on Twitter at one point in time said, hey, could someone reach out to her and ask her why she blocked me on Twitter? I was like, I have no idea who this woman is. I was looking at the dude. I'm like, oh, he seems like a pretty reasonable guy. I've, I've interacted with him a couple of times. And so I, I clicked on the link. Turns out I got blocked too. Turns out a whole lot of people got blocked. Hmm. And my initial reaction to that was like, what the heck? And then it t- comes out that she was using some algorithm that was probably, she pro- there were probably a few accounts that she sort of put these people in and said, hey, if somebody follows this, just auto block them. So, oh, and, and I, I follow some people that, you know, I could see her not wanting to interact with fans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Like, and it's like, you know, I follow some of the new patriarchy guys, not because I'm a hundred percent on that, that page, but because, you know, I don't mind some of the stuff they say. Right. It's, it's very much like a, you know, eat the meat, spit out the bones kind of thing. Exactly. Um, and I think some of what they do, especially when they level charges at men and they sort of hold men accountable and say like, Hey, you need to step up. Like, that's good. Anyways, anyways, anyways. So I bought a copy of her book on Kindle. Okay. Um, and I'll sort of be working on that because that's an interesting topic to me. Um, Mm -hmm. it's like, so all said and done because she blocked me, I bought her book. (laughs) <laughs> so I was like, well, yeah. You know, if I'm going to be salty about this, I might as well know why. And then I started talking to people about it and they're like, no, she's, she's pretty legit. This, my pastor was actually like, he's like, that book is really good. He's like, let me know what you think of it when you're done. Um, okay. cause he knows that I sort of like, I lean towards some of the new patriarchy stuff mm-hmm. and I lean towards that in the sense that I think that they, those guys put a real emphasis on men stepping up. Yeah, And that's something that I'm absolutely like on board with some of the stuff where like you have some of these dudes who talk about like male headship and they, they talk about men need to be the Lords of their home. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I get kind of like, uh, yo, I'm out bro. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. at that point, but, um, so I got that. And then I actually picked up uh Tim Challey's book, how to do, do more better. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I'm like, I've I've sort of hit a point where, you know, because this is a stewardship podcast, I'm like, man, like I've just got sort of too much going on. I need some like groundwork on sort of helping me to identify priorities and then recalibrating and reorganizing. And I, I figured that might be a good place to check it out. And for uh, sure. so as far as memorization goes... I had a real poop oh, yeah. two weeks. Like okay. um I kind of stayed up on it, but it was like one of those things where I just got lazy. Mm-hmm. And so I have to I you know, it's not not nearly as much as like, oh I gotta go back and start from the beginning, but it's like, okay, like I'm gonna spend this week sort of going back over the first chunk of chapter two and and just dedicating time to reviewing the first chapter. But, um, so it, it could be worse, but, um, yeah, it
0: is what it is. So that's all I have to report on. Like, gotcha. Cool. I, I forgot to mention, yeah, the, um, memorization, that's the word. Um, yeah, I, it's slowly, but surely, um, progressing. So I've gone through the first 10 verses of the second chapter of James, um, and I'm doing it like at least once a day. I'm going through it, but that's not making a ton of progress. It's very slow and short progress if that makes sense. so uh yeah, but it is it's coming along just not very quickly. I'm not spending a ton of time.
1: I know that there's whole that whole emphasis on like make sure that what you have memorized is you have it down and review it every day i've I've found that that can actually be sort of like. That can actually slow you down too much. Mm-hmm. And so what I do is like, once I have something memorized and like, I have the first chapter down pretty good. Okay. And so what I do is I just try to like take a day, like on Sunday where I go through and I just sort of come back and I visit, revisit it and and maybe like another day, but like, you know, hit it like once or twice a week just yeah. to really check. But then, just like move on to the new material, because like if you if you really sort of like go back and you're sort of like I need to have this down pat, blah blah blah, you're just gonna sort of like you're just always gonna sort of falter and never move forward. So one of the things I've mm-hmm. done is like okay, like once a week, twice a week, I come back, I visit this, I sort of read through it, I I say it out loud, and then I move on. Okay. And like, I sort of, so I just do like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, Dude, I yeah, don't that's really good d- dedicate idea. the time. Like, it's like, once you have it down, review it. Yeah. Make sure you have it down, but then just it's, it's there. So, yeah. and, and, and in order to build on what you already have, you need to sort of move past that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's, you know, I'm not trying to like we are busy guys you're a little bit busier than i am obviously mm. you're doing the whole school thing and you got little chillins mm-hmm. um but because what you do is you 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 burn like 15 minutes sort of reviewing mm-hmm. and then by the time you like you're like i need to spend time learning new stuff you've already sort of like spent i'm, I'm trying not to be crass but you've already sort of like <laughs> you, you've already sort of like Shot what you've had, like yeah. you 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 you've kind of already expended yourself. Yeah, that's I like my that's my cool. little pointer.
0: Yeah, to anybody memorizing. Yeah, no, that's that. Yeah, that's a great idea. Of yeah, just going back to review without spending a ton of time, without like making that your primary focus.
1: Mm-hmm. Because it, it's so like I said, it's so easy to go back and say, "Oh, I missed a word," and I'm like, "Ah, pff, who cares?" Like you know, come back, hit it like once or twice, move on. D- because it's so easy. Like, th- like the first chapter of Galatians is beefy. Mm-hmm. And so like, if I'm like, Oh, I, d- I didn't say this right. Or I didn't, you know, like whatever. Yeah. So I just got to move on. I also wanted it real quick before I forget mm-hmm. street lights. Okay. So yes. I've already talked about dwell. um, And dwell has been really helpful as far as, like listening to I listen to Galatians that way. Mm-hmm. And so that's just sort of helps me to but Streetlights is a really cool tool. Now it's all like New Testament stuff. Um and so I've been listening to actually I, I bought the Galatians C D and the James and the first and second Timothy CDs. Nice. And so we put those in the car. I actually stopped listening to the Galatians one because I what I was finding is that it was making it harder for me to memorize because I'm memorizing from the ESV and it's the NLT. Mm -hmm. But like as far as just like a really cool sort of like soundtrack, and you sort of listen and it 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 puts the NLT stuff to like a hip hop beat, and it's 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 cool, and I I recommend it.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. The street lights is great i dig it
1: it's yeah it's really good it and it's very di- like it's different and it's i found that like it's kind of like one of the things like listening to it, it it's weird how things just sort of stand out to me because mm-hmm. like the because of the cadence and the flow and just the different anyways i recommend it it's neat yeah man so.
0: good stuff it's time for what you've come here for let's skin this psychic bobcat
1: (laughs) so uh i'm i'm dubbing this in whether or not this is the title but i'm calling this psycho for psychonauts Uh, uh, (laughs) i like it i like um so psychonauts you know and i'd sort of mentioned this before but i thought what we could do in sort of going through this game is just sort of talk about the different set pieces as we experience them. Yeah. So, well, why don't we do basic braining, the brain tumbler experiment and Sasha's shooting gallery. And then that sort of opens up the collective unconscious. And once you get past basic braining, we can sort of talk about the campground too. So we'll start with basic braining. So that's, so there's that little like FMV clip and the coach gives his speech and then you you wake up the next day and you go and you begin basically the, the mechanic, the one of the, okay. So one of the big hooks in this game is you're a psychonaut, Mm -hmm. which is sort of like a psycho, a psychic adventurer, problem solver, sort of what a psychonaut is exactly is sort of a little vague. Yeah. A psychic warrior, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Um, whose main battlefield is the mental realm mm-hmm. and so what you instead of like the levels being different worlds or anything they're different mental landscapes and so the first mental landscape you encounter is uh coach oleander's basic braining and it's sort of set up like a war zone sort of thing and uh it's in here. It's this is the tutorial level. It teaches you how to like double jump, how to climb, the different ap- acrobatic elements and raz just to give a little bit of a uh, you know, not to get too too down the raz the, the Rasputin mm-hmm. your your character, the protagonist of this game is actually um, he's a, a circus runaway. Mm-hmm. He was an acrobat. And you find this out through the course of the game and and unlocking pieces of lore, but he grew up in the circus. He's comes from a family of acrobats. He's also a psychic. And so he ran away to go to psychic summer camp.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. He's, He's the circus performer who ran away from the circus. Yeah. Instead of the other way around. And given what we know, Um, it
1: doesn't surprise me that he did that given what we find out rather, Mm -hmm. um, throughout the game. It doesn't surprise me, but so basic braining
0: is like the tutorial level. Mm -hmm. And, um, what did you think of it, Josh? Um, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty straightforward. You know, you're just kind of getting your bearings. Um, it's, it's nice and linear. So you know what you're Mm -hmm. supposed to do. And you go through it. Even the parts that were a little different, like where you had to guide that character. I don't. I still don't remember his name. Um, but the, the, he, he's the not so smart character. Dogan. Uh, Dogan. There you go. Where you have to guide him through so that he doesn't get the. Uh, he doesn't step on any of the landmines. Things like that. It wasn't. It wasn't very difficult. Um, it was just kind of like getting you acclimated to the game itself. Um, you're looking for figments and stuff like that. Which I do feel like, you know, I'd said this on, on previous episodes, is that I, I I don't think the game really explains a lot super well. Um, because it does throw a lot of different terms at you without telling you what those terms actually mean. Yeah. Um, so even with this level, I didn't really understand the purpose or the importance of getting the figments um mm-hmm. i mean you know you get them because it's a collectathon. like just go after the shiny things like just do it um i get that but it was later when i had pulled up a walkthrough in order to get through a certain part of the game where it mm-hmm. talked about like if you've been getting these and you're probably at this level and i was like oh it's for gaining level like Get all yeah. of those that you can so that you can gain for, levels. For every
1: hundred, I think it's for every hundred figments you gather, you gain a rank. Okay. And then there are power-ups associated with each rank, or
0: every five or ten ranks or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so they, they were much more important than I had kind mm-hmm. of originally thought um, that said the, the currency I felt like was much less important than I had originally thought, but th- anyways, that's getting ahead of myself. So yeah, um, I, I, it does introduce what you're going to experience with the rest of the game where you're going into people's minds and their minds, uh, represent something about the person themselves. So if you've played mm-hmm. something like persona four, it's very similar to that where it, they have their persona and so the entire um the entire level that you're in is kind of based around the the set piece is based around that something about that person so because this dude is a general or would have you think that he's a general um the, the entire level is a war zone and so that, that's pretty cool. It, it's kind of innocuous at this point because it's the very first level that you're at. You know, you don't really know. It's like, okay, this, that's cool. Um, you know, maybe this is just the projection that he's, you know, that he has for the very first level. Um, but they do some really cool things. I mean, I think that's kind of one of the, the big things they do throughout the game is, is getting a look at the person themselves through kind of the level that they've created in their heads for you to go yeah. through. So it gets it gets even more interesting, but it's a cool little touch. Like, okay, yeah, no, this makes sense. So
1: yeah, I think too, like it's like you said, it the game doesn't do a very good job of explaining sort of like the figments or what, what they're used for or uh, it sort of touches up against that stuff, like the yeah. mental cobwebs and then the mental baggage and the vaults and everything else. Basically, the game is a collect-a-thon and it has like yes. several different, it's like find this thing, get, you know, pair these up and, and you unlock little video segments or slideshows or whatever, depending mm-hmm. on what it is. And so, and you get, you and, and obviously like the ranking or not obviously, but the ranking that we, I mentioned before is actually sort of like a soft leveling. Um, it doesn't really affect anything except for it just unlocks power-ups and, mm-hmm. and powers. So, um, you know, there's a, a a variety of psychic abilities that you unlock throughout the game, but, um, we'll sort of talk about those as we progress, I think. But basic braining is, yeah, it's a war zone slash basic training sort of scenario. And, uh, you know, it just coaches it's, you, you beat it and you get out of it and, that's sort of once you get past that, it unlocks the sort of the rest of the campground. Short version is you did mention a currency. They're uh citanium arrowheads, mm-hmm. which there is sort of like a use for them, but it's kind of like meh. Like the, yeah. the biggest the most important thing is getting the 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 the, the psychic dust cobweb yes. duster thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, after that, everything else is sort of like, yeah, okay. Um, there's a badge that you, a merit badge, like the, the psi the psi magnet. And that okay. just sucks up the, it like cre- basically That's sort of right. creates a magnetic field. And so that the positive energy and your ammo, like basically all the, the little things that when you, for smashing stuff or defeating enemies, like like all the basically all the currency and ammo and health stuff sort of like you can suck that up just mm-hmm. by walking by it instead of having to chase it down um so you get out into the campground and the campground has a bunch of different hubs like there's the parking lot there's uh agent crullers um little hideaway thing there's the lodge there's the the lake there's uh deprivation chambers. Mm -hmm. So there's all these little like hubs off of that, that actually lead to other sort of areas. And there's there's sort of a, and there's a bunch of like, you can find arrowheads and the Psy challenge markers and the the challenge marker cards, which also like for every Psy challenge marker you get, that's a rank. You gather so many of the cards and then you have to go buy a Psy core and it's a rank. It's all like that soft leveling thing. It's giant collect-a-thon nonsense. And mm-hmm. it's frankly, now this is sort of like, and I th- I think it's interesting because we just talked about like aging and archaic gameplay stuff, right? Some <laughs> of this stuff is real, like, it's not great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like now it's, it's fine. Like, but it's very indicative of like, um, this is a very much an older game, like this heavy collect-a-thon nonsense, and it's just kind of like okay like there they there's sort of like a soft role playing sort of leveling sort of mechanic in there but it's not really great or anything uh it's it's just very collect-a-thon heavy which is fine um yeah so uh basic braining unlocks and then you you meet Sasha 9 who is uh one of the other characters, and he invites you after you basic brain. You beat the basic braining level. Um, Sasha Nine introduces himself, and he's a psychonaut, like a full fledged psychonaut, and he invites you to be part of his brain tumbler experiments. Mm-hmm. So um, you get into that, and he opens the brain tumbler experiment, which is basically he opens your own subconscious. And, or subconscious, and you sort of go through, and there's a level associated with that, which actually sort of leads into the bigger thrust of the whole game. Uh, after you go through this, you know, and you have to sort of do some jumping around. Like, this is again one of those like game design elements because you get to that part where you meet the big scary thing in his psyche, and then you have to jump out, and then you have to jump into Sasha's shooting gallery mm-hmm. and get the psi Blast like thing. And so there there's some of that stuff where it's like a little fetch questy like run around and find stuff and I'm like this is dumb. Like <laughs> you should instead of like having me hop out, loading the campground and then loading this other hub and then, you know, just streamline all that. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. What did you since the Brain Tumbler and Sasha's Shooting Gallery are sort of like part and parcel, they're sort
0: of the same thing. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on those? I mean I um I really liked getting the different abilities just kind of opened up the game a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um so it, it, when you were able to I mean the the what call it? The pyrokinesis was yeah, it was okay, but once you got the the marksmanship badge, I don't remember what that was called, that I think it was just marksmanship. Um and you could actually shoot stuff, then it's like okay. Now I feel like I can, you know, run around. Now there are more clearly defined enemies in the game as mm-hmm. well. Um, so it, it definitely the gameplay changed enough at that point where um, it, it was just more interesting. It didn't feel like you were wandering around because um, it didn't talk about it too much. But like the campgrounds, I I felt like I spent a lot of time wandering around the campgrounds at first because oh, yeah. it really like like I said the first the basic braining was linear, whereas the campground's just like, go explore like you know there's six different places you can go now, run around, mm. talk to people, um pick up all these little things that you're seeing so i I explored for a while, uh you know, gathered up a bunch of arrowheads and stuff like that, bought some stuff, um and just took a look at like everything that was there, and really kind of got a feel for that area probably more so than any other area in the game just to be honest cuz i was still kind of getting my bearings of the game itself uh so then when you are introduced like you always have a basic attack but like when the shooting was yeah, introduced yeah you've got like that that punch thing that he the psychic punch thing that he can do yeah yeah but then when you're able to when you get the marksman badge and you're able to shoot then it's like okay now it really feels different like there can be some distance i can you know, there I guess there's a little more strategy. I don't know. It just felt better at that point. Um, so yeah, I mean I th- I think that this was kind of a, a key moment in just like making the combat feel a lot better.
1: And too, like the the campground for the most part is actually where you interact with all of the other campers. mm mm-hmm. Which are sort of a a good bit of them are like throwaway characters. Um Bobby Zelch is the, mm-hmm. the name of like a sort of antagonist who's basically just a big old clown? Yeah. Um, the, Lily, uh, mm-hmm. who you know is sort of reveals herself fairly early on to be the romantic interest. Yeah. Um, the, the, I, I enjoyed Malouf and Mikhail. Um, okay. Did you, did you follow them at all? Like, where like Maloof was sort of like bullied. And then, like, he recruits Mikhail and they become, like, this very, like, m- like sort of, like, crime syndicate
0: sort of thing. Um, oh, interesting. Then maybe... No, I guess I didn't. I didn't. Mikhail's the one who was talking about, like, the hairless the, bear. The hairless, the hairless bears, bear. Right? <laughs> yeah. He was, like, he showed up in a couple different places. And I'm kind of like, what is this? Like, okay. Like, I like respect. This dude seems pretty awesome. But he's also just really out there and weird.
1: <laughs> hey strange so. boy with big head. Have you seen Bear? <laughs> Hairless Bear? I'm hunting for it. Yeah, yeah. It's but yeah, so he ends up uh Maloof ends up and and Mikhail end up sort of like Maloof recruits Mikhail to sort of be his bodyguard, and then they sort of become this like basically, uh, at one point in time it looks like they are uh Towards the end of the game, they are they're engaged in some fairly suspect activity. Gotcha. Um, okay. So, uh, but uh, yeah, as far as like the campers, it's sort of like you know, they're, a lot of them are pretty passable. They've got the the cheerleaders, Clem, and uh, I want to say Angela or something like that. But they're you know they're pretty. It's just like the the there's a lot of like sort of like secondary, tertiary characters who are entertaining. Um, And this is where you, like you primarily interact with them on the campground Mm -hmm. and, um, but they're, they're really not characters of any great substance. So, um, the brain tumbler experiments interesting because it, you actually find out that it's supposed to be Raz's psyche and subconscious, but it's actually, um, there's someone whose subconscious is sort of like projecting into his. Right. And so that's, that's creating this thing. And that actually sort of leads to the the main sort of story at some point in time, um, and and so I did like that. But Sasha's shooting gallery is neat, and it's it's very like it's this giant cube, and then you, you're originally supposed to just like sort of take practice, and then you actually end up breaking Sasha's brain, <laughs> and his his sort of emotions and everything sort of come unglued, and so it's this very like his his this cube recommend uh, represents his psyche and he's a very ordered, calm, collected sort of dude. Right. And so it's like, and then you come in and you break it and there's all these like different like stages. and, and, and frankly, like it's a fine level, but it's, it, it exists primarily just to sort of like teach you how to use the psi blast sort of mechanic, mm-hmm. like the, the psychic bullets. Um, it's fine. Uh, the next one is Mila's, dance party yeah that you move on to and she's she's another psychic um a psychonaut and her her the mechanic she introduces is levitation yeah and that's probably i spend more time like that one was on constant in in, it because you can assign three powers at any given time Mm -hmm. Um, so that one was almost always assigned to a button. Yes. At some point in time uh and it's just like you just roll around on this psychic energy ball and it lets you jump and you sort of get like real floaty and you can actually use the ball. You can actually hit another button and sort of hold the ball and float. And so and and ro- catch like ca- air currents and stuff like that. And that you know, it's just a, it's a neat traversal mechanic and it's actually one of the mechanics you use the one of the abilities you use the most. But her her level Uh, it's, it's fine. Yeah. It just was like a lot of kind of like, okay, platforming. And again, it's just there to teach you how to use the levitation ball. Yeah. Um, that race at the end of her level, I thought Mm -hmm. was kind of like dumb, but it was (laughs) like, her level was fun in the sense that like, it definitely had like way more personality than anything else Mm -hmm. that you had experienced. And, you know, she's like, you know, she's, she's, she's sort of a party girl wants to be on TV you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's her, her psyche reflects that. I right. Don't know. What What were your thoughts on Mila's dance party?
0: Yeah, no, I think you've, I think you hit it on the head because uh, yeah, I think the the biggest thing is just what you get, the levitation power itself. I do think actually it's a little OP in the game. Like you can do, you can basically like get around enemies really easily with it. And it seems like there's some parts in the game where they just didn't necessarily account for the ways like the speed and aerial uh, the height that you can get at with that power like later on um in the the section with the the dude the painter guy towards the end of the game i felt like that was kind of broken with levitation um so but i i agree i was like constantly using it and, and just the just for the additional speed like it was great to Well to and it run just
1: around. it yeah it does really open up like as far as traversal goes like cuz you can get a lot of places with it yeah so the next bit is where the game sort of like takes a turn and this mm-hmm. is the part where mm-hmm. uh Raz runs into Dogen at one point and Dogen's like not talking a lot and he had seen this vision in his in, in his brain tumbler experiment in his own psyche that was sort of being interfered with where this crazy dentist, dr. Lobato, uh removed dogan's brain mm-hmm. and so Dogan says t v and there's just some yeah. very charming sort of like cinematic sort of like when he looks through Dogan's ears and there's just sunlight on the other side, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, "Your head's completely empty um just like very very clever like stand like this game what really carries this game in my opinion is the writing i think mm-hmm. the writing is just top notch um it's just an absolutely charming world like the characters are fleshed out and like there it's just fun to hang out there and a lot of that has to do with just the some of the, the dialogue and scenario writing and things like that but uh so this is also the part so you meet up with Lily and you guys sort of discover this conspiracy and you go from there's a, a, a cutoff, a shifting point here where it goes from day to night. And actually, you mentioned uh pyrokinesis. Yeah. It's it's useful for a few things, but there's actually a trophy tied to this where if you cook you can cook the squirrels and they'll actually oh. give you a, a, a roasted squirrel dinner. Good it, heals you up a little bit and you can roast the birds because you know you'll see so if you roast a bird and roast a squirrel on the same screen like within the same area and eat both of those it's like there's a trophy assigned to that <laughs> nice um, I did not get that trophy because uh, I learned about it too late and I was like I'm not going back <laughs> um I'm not reloading an old save um so at this point in time anyways you, you guys, you and Lily, or Raz and Lily, meet up at the lake in, in that evening. After he's in, and, and they're going to enact their plan, and she gets captured by this giant mutant lungfish. Mm-hmm. And the, okay, so I have to be honest, like the part where you get into the 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 underwater thing, like the little submersible. Yeah. And you get in the air bubble. I really didn't like that part. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like, it made me mad a little bit. It was like, it was fine, but it's like, I beat it like the first try. It wasn't, but it was like, it just, it was annoying because yeah. Raz can't swim. And so the mm-hmm. water actually like assaults him. <laughs> right. But this opens up the next real mental land, the, the real level or the next mental landscape, Lungfishopolis the long fish which may be and it's hard because i really enjoy all of the the sort of the, the the following mental scapes but this is probably one of my favorites yeah and uh the introduction of
0: goggle lore yes oh yes so good um yeah no this this was definitely my favorite part of the game or and it is you know like we had mentioned last time It is because of the writing. It's not even necessarily because of what you're doing in the game itself. Um, It was just so cool to basically play as a kaiju (sighs) because you are like, you are the human there and they're just lungfish running around and talking and screaming and, you know, talking to you, like you're going to help them and, or that you're like, they're destroying their city. And it's, yeah, it's just done so well that I, Mm. you know, I had a big old stupid grin on my face the whole time that I was playing it. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I, I loved this part. This part was great.
1: Yeah. Um, it is definitely one of the better set pieces. Like the other, the ones prior to this are fine and they're fun. In, in their own ways. But this is where the game just sort of really starts to shine in my opinion, mm-hmm. because the whole premise is, yeah, you are a giant Kaiju in a, and terrorizing a city of lungfish. And, uh, then you get recruited by some of the rebel lungfish who are trying to free their brethren from the, the control of a uh, coat, or something yes, like that. There you go. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Which, at this point in time in the game, you've recognized, you've sort of found out that Coach Oleander, so the guy from Basic Braining, is actually one of the bad guys. Mm-hmm. He's working with Dr. Lobato to steal brains. And in order to uh, power, he has this plan for a psychic powered, like it, it basically uh, the brain of a psychic children or psychic to power this tank. And he's going to create an army with these brains that he's stealing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's his plan. And so you actually end up Co- Coach Amra or whatever. That it's it's Coach Oleander. And that fight, too, at the end is so much fun. And it's yeah. so goofy. And, uh, you know, like one of my favorite parts is just like climbing on buildings. And then it's just like smashing the buildings. Like there's so much in that level that's just
0: like goofy and fun and yeah. Um, it, I, but, I tried for a little while. I tried not to smash the buildings because I felt bad for some of the lung fish that were screaming like, no, that's the, <laughs> that's the school, you know, The art like that. museum. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I was like, oh no, okay, I'll stop doing that. But then when they continued to just scream and, and they were completely unreasonable, then I'm like, oh, well no. And I get, I get like collecting stuff from destroying these, these buildings. So now I'm going to do it because I want to replenish my health. (laughs) Like, yeah. So it didn't last very long,
1: but this is also the level where the shield, the psychic Mm -hmm. shield ability pops up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. The, the psychic shield ability is, is fine. Yeah. I mean, and, and like the thing is like, too, is like when you unlock one of these mechanics or these abilities, like you end up using it in the boss fight and everything. Uh I used it like when I needed to and then it was I didn't use it any other time. Mm-hmm. It's like it was like it's okay. Whatever. Um Exactly.
0: But, but yeah, the that 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 whole level is a lot of fun and um that um, boss fight, the, the fact that he like announces all of his attacks was great. Just, yeah. He's uh, like uh
1: hard to dodge area <laughs> <every> attack. <laughs>
0: yes. Exactly.
1: Super complicated flurry of attacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff. And it's yeah, and and you just use the the shield to sort of save yourself or whatever until he gives you a a minute to like beat him up or whatever. So, uh yeah, that that that's like that the atmosphere in that one. That like I said, that's really where the charm of the game mm-hmm. sort of like amps up. Um but we move on from there. So you you basically after you sort of free you find out that basically the, the premise the psyche of this lungfish, this giant mutant lungfish, is actually being controlled by Dr. Lobato and Coach Oleander. And so you know, after you defeat coach and you sort of you you free the lungfish uh, from the control of coach uh, the lungfish. Linda, Linda, (laughs) um, uh, takes you to this island where you basically are dumped on this island and it's the remains of this abandoned asylum. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think thorny towers, I think is what it's called. Um, actually, yeah, that's sort of part of it. That's, that's not really a mental landscape, but thorny towers is sort of like, and it's, and this is actually where you're introduced into rescuing the children's brains. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you a question: Did you rescue all the children's brains?
0: No, not all of them. I oh, got maybe yeah. like eighty percent of them. You know what?
1: I was disappointed. I really wish that because it was like it says brainless. You know mm-hmm. when when they you don't have their brains. And I I wanted Bobby Zilches because he's just an annoying character. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I wanted his to say still brainless after you (laughs) gave, (laughs) but uh, it didn't do that. Um, Anyway, so, but what you find out is as you rescue their brains and you'll do this throughout the course of thorny towers. um, So this is like a second hub world, similar to the campground. um, You actually get more life, quote unquote. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, or like, like basically instead of hearts, you have brains. And so the more of these other kids brains that you unlock and find the more brain power you get or whatever, I don't know. And there's like the astral projection thing is sort of like lives. Um, and you can get upgrades for that too. But so the next one is you meet Boyd and he's Mm -hmm. the guard to the, the, the asylum and so you, at, at this point in time, have grabbed a little psychic doorway thing, and you throw it on Boyd, and you enter into the Milkman Conspiracy.
0: Yes. What did What did you think of this level, Josh? Uh, so very quickly, I liked it. I enjoyed um the the overall idea of what it was kind of sneaking around. Everything is like staring at you, lots of weird stuff going on. You definitely got a feeling of paranoia and, you know, just the guy's weirdness and how that, um, how his mind was twisted. And so therefore the level itself kind of like folded in on itself. Um, I liked it, but there were a couple things that, I felt like it was at this point of the game in which it dawned on me, okay, this was made by, you know, this is Double Fine. Um, They were previously, I know Tim Schafer was with LucasArts. Like this was made by people who primarily made point-and-click adventure games. So they have slightly obtuse puzzles in this. Mm -hmm. And there was some stuff that happened that, I wasn't sure like what exactly I needed to do. And I ended up pulling up a guide.
1: Are you in talking the, about the post office?
0: Uh, the, well, yes, Um, I didn't actually, y- yeah, I needed a guide in order to, in order to figure that out, but it was because the part right before that I couldn't figure, I didn't know that you were supposed to hit the cars. I know that's yeah. stupid. Like it's very simple, but I was like going, you know, behind every house and gathering up all the figments and getting the stuff in every fridge and going into all the house. Like I I felt like I had combed through the entire level and I'm just like, what am I missing? I don't have these other items. And so I, I pulled up a guide and it was like, yeah, you'll find it in the back of this car. You just hit the car. And I was like, wait, what? I just had to hit these cars. So I felt kind of stupid. That one wasn't too hidden. But then like the next thing in the walkthrough was, and then you use it to get into the post office and you have to do X, Y, Z in order to get into the post office. And I was like, whoa, okay. Uh, glad so that I saw that.
1: This level introduces the clairvoyance mechanic, mm-hmm. which lets you see through other people's eyes. And uh, so the whole thing is like, there's, I I did appreciate some of this because it's like, mm-hmm we are we are sewer workers, you know, look at our tool, you mm-hmm. know like we we it is a like there's so much like weird scripting here where it's yeah. like it's basically you're you're seeing the world through the mind of conspiracy theorists, and so like mm-hmm. i I like how you you said like as this guy's mind is sort of twisted, like the level bends in on itself, so it's like sort of like a nice neighborhood, but like the streets just sort of loop up. Mm-hmm. And so like gravity is kinda weird and uh anyways, but like you have to end up like I think when you point when you said about the point and click, there's like the obtuse puzzles, it's like in order to get into certain areas, you have to find the right item to walk around. I have a rolling pin. I like to make pies. You know, it's like mm-hmm. that is a very nice watering can. Would you like to tell me where you got your watering can? You know, like uh, ah, come help me like shrub, the, you know, trim these shrubs. So you mm-hmm. find like, you find like shrub trimmers and a watering can and a rolling pin, um, a plunger, uh, yeah. flowers to pretend to be like, and so you need these, these items in order to progress throughout these levels to um, like get the next item. And it's just like, okay, like the thing is, I like the milkman conspiracy in mm-hmm. theory, but I think the actual ex- it's like the actual execution of that level is kind of like, it's It's fun to sort of go in there and then throw clairvoyance all over and see how things see you. Did you mm-hmm. do a
0: lot of that at all? I didn't, I didn't. I really oh. only did that for, for a lot of the times when it was necessary. It wasn't something that I played around with a lot.
1: Well, you can, so not only can you do that with the milkman level, but you can actually throw clair clairvoyance on other characters like outside of that yeah and there's there's a trophy tied to that and it's interesting to see how people see raz yeah um but anyways you get through that level and that that, that whole that boss fight is actually really interesting against yeah. the the den mother mm-hmm. um but you know there's some girl scouts who tend to be evil Um, which (laughs) I always knew girl scouts were evil Mm -hmm. and, uh, but anyways, that, that level I thought was fun. Uh, it's, it's one of those things like it's in theory, it's really neat, Mm -hmm. but I just feel like the execution is kind of hard. Um, because it it is, there's a, like, there's a lot of where it's just like, it could be a little more explicit in saying like, listen, do this thing like the the post office puzzle that i mentioned before is like you have to like enter in some numbers and hit enter and then you have to wait for the post you have to sort of like run away wait for the guy to come out of the building then throw clairvoyance on him and then um he punches in the actual code and that's the code that you punch in to get in there and then there's a part where it's like in darkness and you have to throw clairvoyance out and you can see through like um some security footage or something like that. And it's like, it. there's some interesting mechanics on just shifting perspectives and views and stuff right. like that. And, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's an interesting level. It's some interesting. I think like the scripting on that is really funny. Like, because it's, it's like, there are all these like spy guys who <laughs> sort of, that you have to sort of like step around and um work around and get the different pieces in order to sort of like pretend to be one of them like to get through the construction zone you have to hold a stop sign find a stop mm-hmm. sign and hold it and jump through and everything but um yeah i don't know i appreciated that game there were some like like i think like the the helicopter pilot one like when you get the helmet and yeah. you're just like what do i do with this and so yes. like i remember j- trying to And I was like, and and again, it's been a few years since I played it, but I was trying to jump up and grab a helicopter and I figured, oh, like, it'll let me ride the helicopter. And I was like, no, no, what you have to do is actually project clairvoyance and you have the helicopter helmet, so it lets you see through the eyes of a helicopter pilot. And um, yeah, I but that level was like, it's okay, like- Boyd's Boyd's an interesting character, yeah. But you know, uh, once once you're done, it's again, it's fun and it's a neat level and it's it's super interesting. But at the same point in time, it's just like I'm like I don't like it nearly as much as like coming off of like Lungfishopolis, mm-hmm. which just is like sort of a masterstroke. Milkman conspiracy sort of felt kind of a little meh. Yeah. Next, so, after you you sort of break through Boyd's psyche, he opens up, like, it opens up sort of the, the courtyard of Thorny Towers, mm-hmm. and there's, the way that, I, and I'll just sort of say that the way that I played through it was, I did Glorious Theater first, and then okay. I did Waterloo World, and then I did Black Velvetopia. Yes. Is that the order that you played it in? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So glorious theater, I really like this one. I think it's clever. Um, and again, it's it, the thing that I really like. It's very dialogue heavy. Mm-hmm. The other part I don't like. It's very clunky. Yeah, like the whole like changing sets and running through the scenes and everything. It's a very interesting mechanic, and I liked it, but it was also kind of infuriating because you had to (laughs) climb up the ladder punch the light to change the different sort of setting then you had to jump back down use the megaphone to run through the scene and i'm just like that that to me felt very disjointed and actually sort of broke the experience out of what i really thought was a very clever level design sort of element Mm -hmm. but
0: yeah I I agree. Um yeah, it 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 just shows its age, you know? Like mm-hmm. the the fact that like every time you hit the the little thing to change the set, you had to sit through a, a short little cut scene of something happening or people talking or something like that where it just it, it it felt like it you you were pulled out of like you couldn't do anything about that scene you couldn't skip that scene mm-hmm. or something. It just it just felt like it dragged on a little bit too long, longer than it had to. And really, I mean, I do think that's an anachronistic thing. Like again, I had to just remember this was PS two, you know, like this this was back when three D platformers were still um Fairly I don't know. New Right. It was Fairly Young at least yeah yeah they weren't as refined you know you didn't have um you didn't have annualized uh Assassin's Creed games or something like that you know mm-hmm. it was still it was still kind of feeling its way to uh to being streamlined so uh you know I applaud what they were doing and it you know i it, we talk about how like the writing in this game is really good. I think maybe this is an instance where maybe it was overwritten like the yeah. idea was written very well. It's just the execution of a game didn't quite meet up to what, you know, it, it, the game it, elements were sort of mismatched like disjointed. Right. Right. And I will say just a brief aside, I feel like if this was made into a cartoon series or a movie, like this would be fantastic. This mm-hmm. would be a great, like I really, you know, like I said at the beginning, I really like the world that they created. Um, and I feel like they could have fleshed out some of the stuff, some of the story stuff a little bit better. Um, but you just have a different expectation going into a movie than you do with a video game. So mm-hmm. when you have mm-hmm. kind of overly long scenes or or moments where, um, the, yeah, there's lots of dialogue or something like that, it, it's there's a little bit of a, okay, like, I get it. I get it. And this is done well, but like at the same time, I kind of want to get back to playing my game.
1: <laughs> you know, it's sort of like seen under the hood and it's not nearly mm-hmm. as impressive as
0: it ought to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's like,
1: it's, it's like, okay,
0: the writing is really good, but at times it's overwritten Yeah, where, where it it, it yeah, this would have been better in a different medium. Um, and now that I say that out loud, like, I really want that. I really wish this was a cartoon series. That would be really cool. Uh, especially like the funny thing is Raz is played by the same dude who does Invader Zim. So, you know, I did that's... not
1: know that, but oh, yeah, really? I can see that now. I can see that now. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I was, I'm a bit of an stuff. Invader Zim sort of junkie fanboy. Mm-hmm. So, well, man. there you go. I can totally see that though. <laughs> Like yeah. Zim Zim is like Raz dialed up to eleven and much more psychotic. <laughs> I can I
0: can see that I can see that now. Yeah, um, voice actor is the same guy.
1: So I liked I like the uh, the boss fight in this one. Like I think mm-hmm. the boss fights are all pretty good. Like because mm-hmm. there, there is sort of like a boss fight element to all of these. Most of these levels, mm-hmm. um, you know, Sasha's uh, shooting gallery had like the giant super sensor and mm-hmm. then yeah because he's a super repressed dude um <laughs> but then you know lungfish lungfishopolis but uh milkman conspiracy had the den mother which that fight was really neat and the way that it right. used clairvoyance was neat but i i like this one i thought this was just sort of a fun sort of like the the mechanical hook was pretty good Mm -hmm. you know you did like the the levitation up to this point you know you up to the point the the top thing and you did the spotlight and he knocked the spotlight out and then you jumped down and like you know beat him up and stuff yeah and uh i you know it's sort of like it's very sort of like at that point in time it's like yeah this is sort of just like a very sort of in a lot of ways basic boss fight but Mm it's it's it it was well executed it was it was fun it was enjoyable yeah um
0: yeah definitely And again we're talking about the writing like the the whole thing with Gloria is like she was her own worst critic and so you're fighting a critic like that whole critical element of writing mm-hmm. it it seemed slightly tongue in cheek as well of like you know what are, some of our games haven't had the best reception or something like you know like it it applies to a number of different medium uh, yeah. so the, yeah the writing was was very well done there as well yeah,
1: it was. It's, it's, uh, I think, you know, it's just, it, it was, it was fun. Um, yeah. And it's, just, it's a very clever, like, sort of like uh, the The thing is, like, in some ways, this game is almost like in a lot of the writing and set pieces and, and setups, it's almost just like a little too clever. It's like, mm-hmm. like when you were saying overwritten, that's sort of like the same vibe that I get. It's like, okay, yeah, I get it. You know, a, a much, a much more nuanced sort of execution of this. But anyways, uh, glorious theater was neat. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was, it was good. I don't think, it, again, not as good as Lungfishopolis. Now, the one that I did, I did like Waterloo world a lot. Mm-hmm. Like the Fred versus his sort of like the ancestral memory of Napoleon Bonaparte. Yeah. Um, and Fred's backstory was, he used to be the orderly at thorny towers and uh, he lost in some sort of like strategy game against one of the other, uh, or he used to be the orderly and one of the inmates beat him in this strategy game and kept beating him and he just like lost it and had a yep. nervous breakdown <laughs> and uh, ends up sort of like fighting against this sort of ancestral memory of Napoleon Bonaparte. And the, the premise of his like mental landscape is, this board game sort of Stratego Catan sort of weird board game thing. I really, I, I think that might be my favorite set piece. Okay. Not not because I think it was like, I don't think in some ways it was as fun to play Mm -hmm. as, um, Lungfishopolis. Like it wasn't as gamey, but I think Mm -hmm. it was just like so perfectly executed.
0: Like, yeah,
1: it's sort of like, I don't know. And you have to use telekinesis, and you've unlocked telekinesis at this point. Right, um, you might have unlocked invisibility at this point in time too. Like I know invisibility, I, I think-, think so.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a really it's a cool level, and I like what they're doing with the with the board game element. Um there were a couple things a couple snags that I hit with this one were things like I didn't realize you could leave the 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 board game kind of area because you're also shifting between three different sizes for Raz mm-hmm. like he you can get tiny and go into the board game and then you can get a little bigger so that you're you know like as big as the pieces in the board game and then you can go back to normal size and it took me a while to to climb out of the board game to get back to normal size um so that you could talk to the i can't remember his name but the fred the, fred okay yeah there you go nice simple name um so there were a couple things like that and there was one um th- there was one part towards the end of the level that frustrated me in order to in order to finish it because you had to, uh, you basically had to tightrope across this one area, defeat these enemies, um, climb and shimmy up this one area, and then you had to float across to this other area without getting hit. Because if you got hit, then you'd fall to the ground. And I had to do that like four or five times to, to
1: unjam the drawbridge. Yes. Yeah. There's a. The way that I ended up working around that was I found a platform and they're like, you could jump into the castle and once you were inside the castle, you could, there was a vault in there and so I got the vault, a memory vault, but then okay. you could also, there were like windows, so you could jump out onto the window on the other side and that would put you sort of close enough to get where you needed to be. Okay. And instead of doing all that nonsense, and that's where like levitation, the levitation ball was like, it's like, because I I know exactly the part, like there's that dude who's shooting you, you have to sort of jump over that sword and then float just right.
0: Oh, yeah. And I was like,
1: I was like, nah, dude, I I did that like half a dozen times. I was like, I'm not doing Mm -hmm. this. I was like. And so I started like just sort of looking around. I was like, there's got to be some other like route or something that uh, like exploit. And so then I saw there was like a window sort of thing. And I just kept like sort of like juking around and like bouncing off stuff. And um, yeah, got in there. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> like no, now we can move on. So yeah.
0: Oh, well, that's awesome. Yeah. No, I, that part I actually, I actually had to, I found that if, yeah, if you jump on top of that sword and then you just timed it to where you jumped over his shot then you can get all the way across but yeah yeah so i mean there were a couple things like that that uh, in the grand scheme of things weren't a big deal in terms of like the entire level yes the the level itself was really cool um it was the it was it was slightly confusing the layout that's what it was going between tiny raz and board game size raz um it it was very disorienting in terms of like actually mapping out the entire level to me
1: no yeah. um, but so yeah. you didn't know about hitting the corks and then floating up
0: i i found that out eventually um but then like it would get so turned around that it would be hard for me to know like where I w- once I got back to miniature size like where I was mm. if that makes sense just because it took yeah. me a while to kind of like map out the whole board the, yeah the the board game itself in my head so I kind of ran around for a little while to to like get acclimated to the level itself
1: yeah that that playing with the three different sizes it's it's neat and I actually really appreciated the transition mm-hmm. from like big to little like mm-hmm. when you first jump up into it and you sort of jump up into the board game and then all of a sudden it's like the board game just sort of like explode, not explodes, but just sort of like all of a sudden it's like, I remember the first time I just jumped onto the table and it's like, mm-hmm. you fall into it and it's like, all of a sudden you're just boop, like this board game. That's sort of like, it's, you know, you're looking to as, as big Raz sort of outside of the board game. It's like, you're standing beside it and you can sort of like, yeah, I just thought like those transitions were pretty cool, but like mm-hmm. yeah, that that I I can definitely see some of that. It was like it was not, it it was a little frustrating, you know. And I think too, some of like the platforming elements, while they weren't bad, like you know talking about that tightrope stuff, it's like it's just like I can see what you're trying to do here, and I just don't think it's very good. I think you're demanding like a level of technicality that the exactly. game itself doesn't really lend itself to.
0: Yes. Yes. That's what it was. I felt like I, I, I didn't have what, like, it was a weird spike in difficulty and not just difficulty, but precision that was Mm -hmm. needed, um, that it felt a little too. And I mean, you know, like I said, I was using levitation a lot. So already the controls were a little floaty, but that was Mm -hmm. by my own. You know, yeah, because but that's what I was using. But
1: the levitation ball though, it, it almost sort of does become necessary in a lot of ways. Like just
0: mm-hmm. But no, the, the overall I did like the uh, the contrivance of the level itself. Um mm-hmm. so no, I, I definitely enjoyed the level. There were just a couple snags that I hit that um if those were ironed out would have, you know. It it very well could have been my favorite level if that was a little more streamlined.
1: Yeah. Between this, well, it's okay. So might as well just roll in. And there was no boss fight in this. It was just sort of like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get the MacGuffins and unlock this and feed the knight the escargot. And then mm-hmm. the portly knight takes over the castle. You know, it it, it was like, the, I guess you could sort of say like that last castle was sort of a boss fight, but it was just kind of a, you know, pain yeah. in the butt level um so the last sort of level the last mental landscape um that you need to yep. and so with each one of these with glorious theater you get her trophy her her old award after you beat waterloo world you get fred's straight jacket, and mm-hmm. moving into black velvetopia which is visually i think one of the coolest levels um Mm -hmm. in my opinion so it's it's the whole thing has that black velvet neon vibe sort of thing right And i really
0: like that no i mean yeah hmm. how do i say this i thought this level was all right um at this point I definitely think I felt very comfortable with the game in general. So like searching around and looking for stuff was very intuitive. Um, I didn't realize how far into the game that I was that, I, you know, like I was this is the second to last level, um, but I I definitely felt very comfortable kind of wandering around the this level and, and finding the different secrets and stuff like that. I got somewhat stuck at at one point, but then after kind of looking around for a little longer, it wasn't too much longer before I found where I needed to go next. Um, so, I mean, yes, visually it, it is really cool, um, but overall I felt like this one, yeah, this one was just okay. Um, the The luchador fights, I felt like your levitation really broke those fights in general mm-hmm. like they were really easy because you could just float on top of anyone who tried to attack you and then just smack them in the back
1: and um did you have the the charge palm thing unlocked so that like you could like jam on the attack button and you would actually charge up like the ground pound
0: i unlocked it but i could never use it like it, I don't know if I just wasn't doing it right. Hmm. I probably wasn't doing it right, but it never made any difference whether or not I hit the button a number of times while I was in the air. Huh. So I That's... Maybe it was just me. Maybe it was my yeah. controller. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe your game was broken. It could be. I don't know. <laughs> At least it wasn't my save file. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah oh you know
1: what i just i forgot about this for a second i meant to mention this when we were talking about the milkman conspiracy so that part where you do the clairvoyance on the dude with the keypad Mm -hmm. the first time i did that i threw clairvoyance on him the game actually shut down like i i got errored out of the game and i panicked i was like yeah oh no I was like, if this does it to me again, I'm just not, I'm just not going back. And it it reloaded and I lost like five minutes instead of like six hours. So (sighs) that was fine. And I was like, but I, I was like, nah. Anyways, I like, my thing is like, I think like, because I do tend to be a visuals kind of guy, like, I think Mm -hmm. the aesthetic in this is absolutely beautiful. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's just like the coolest thing. Like, I think like visually this is my favorite. Like, mm-hmm. just, I like the look of this the most. Yeah, as far as the mechanics go of the level and everything else, you unlock the confusion grenade, which becomes, I mean, and again, you need it you, you know, to to do the final battle boss sort of thing. But it's kind of just like, I think it's just like, it, the, the gameplay of the level itself is kind of like, eh. You've got that stupid yeah. bull that just sort of, Mo like the min like he he goes through like once every five seconds mm-hmm. and he's just it's just awful, but there's sort of like <laughs> all the alleys you have to sort of like get through and sort of mm-hmm. I don't know, like I didn't feel bad about breaking the game with the levitation ball because mm-hmm. I was trying to do some of that stuff without it, and I was like, I can see how you could do this, and I'm just like saying like. The, the games platforming is not like the game is not precise enough in my opinion to like, if you want me to do that level of platforming, you need to tighten up the controls like a whole bunch. Right. Yeah. Um And so I didn't feel bad about breaking it with the levitation ball at all. I was like, meh but I did think too, is like you buy the paintings and like they unlock different things. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a cool little mechanic. Like I agree you get the, um, and, you so you get the window one, and that actually, depending on where you hang it, you can you actually unlock a few hidden figments. Um, so you get that, and then that, but you, you end up getting to the and I think like the the so Gloria, Fred, and Edgar Edgar is this dude's name. Um, they're all. Patience at Thorny Towers and you go into their heads and you sort of fix them, like you know, by mm-hmm. by doing this. Well, Boyd too, but you don't really fix Boyd. He's just Yeah real broke. That confused me. <laughs> um he's just real broke. Um you just you proceed to break him even more. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, or encourage his broken insanity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um
1: but so the, I thought like the the story Ed, Edward's story or Edgar's story made me laugh too because yeah. it's like it's this whole like you know he's he's this world renowned painter or whatever and you know his dancer girlfriend or whatever left him for some matador and then it's like mm-hmm. No, he's stuck on a high school romance that went bad. Yes, like he exactly. was he was captain of the wrestling team and he got dumped for the head cheerleader or the the male cheerleader on, on or whatever. And I was like mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, like to me that that made me laugh." Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like I was like, "Oh, I, I like the sort of like the tongue and cheek like and like he's just like a melodramatic butthead." <laughs> right. <laughs> who, who just isn't and then actually sort of like so you fight him and he it reveals that he's like l-o-d-o or l-o-d-o or whatever the the bull yeah has sort of been and then you you fight him but then it actually you turn it around and you actually end up helping him fight the this memory and sort of squashing this memory and it's uh and he finds sort of like inner peace or whatever and i'm like that's that that was I I actually I appreciate appreciated the resolution of this level the most. Mm-hmm. I think like L- Lungfishopolis like is probably just hands down like the best set in the game period. Just as far as like gameplay overall experience, it's the most fun. Mm-hmm. Like it's just I really wanted them to let me use the levitation ball in that and just like roll over all the buildings and every time it's like nope, yeah. that's not going to work. I was like <laughs> I was like that's dumb. Let me let me do this. Let me it do this turned, thing.
0: It turns into a level of Katamari.
1: Yeah. Like <laughs> Katamari destroy everything. <laughs> Let's see. Um, but uh, so Black Velvetopia, it's pretty good. Like, you know, so it's like you said, too, this is the second to last level. Now you do have to sort of nap. Uh, this is more like the third to last because yeah, that's th- true you have to navigate the tower and And the tower is kind of a pain. Um, I feel like this is one of those things where sort of a lack of there's like stuff that you can climb on that. It's not really clear that you can climb on until you just Mm -hmm. sort of like, Oh, I'm sticking to this thing. Okay. Like, (laughs) you know, there's like jumps that you have to make. that are kind of weird. Um, and at this point in time, you've unlocked, you should have unlocked all the powers and then some upgrades for some of the powers. Uh, so you make your way up the tower to Dr Lobato. there's the whole thing with rescuing Mr. Pokelope, and you you know mm-hmm. and uh and again, this is just sort of like it's weird, like but yeah, it's enjoyable, um you know it's it's like a good kind of weird uh that whole and also so there's an achievement or a trophy that might be an achievement too tied to taking Mr. Pokylope because this becomes like once you so you meet Shigor. Who has been mm-hmm. the one kidnapping these people for Dr. Lobato and um Coach oleander, and the reason she's been doing this is because Dr. Lobato has been holding her precious Mr. Pokelopes, her turtle hostage he has mm-hmm. threatened he has threatened to make Mr. Lopes into turtle soup several times, so you get to a point where you get caught, she escorts you away, and then raz you know being. The, the noble Psy cadet that he is, says, I will rescue Mr. Pokeelopes. And you do that with telekinesis and some chocolate cake. so And you mm-hmm. rescue Mr. Pokeelope. But then instead of giving, because once you give Pokeelopes to Shigor, that's the point of no return. That's where the game okay. sort of like says, nope. And you start into the ending sequence. So what you can do is you can just hold on to Mr. Pokelope and you can run around and you can talk to everybody else. And this is where so did you when you when Linda drops you off at the the shores of the the tower? Mm-hmm. Do you did you use the horn to summon her back to cross back over to the campground?
0: Um one other time, yes. Did you know that you don't have to do that?
1: No. Remember I the didn't. bacon that Agent Crawler gives you? Yes you can use the bacon to go back to his headquarters underneath the campground and go do stuff in the campground then you come back to him and he can teleport you to where you were before ah and I didn't you know can that. you can do that everything you can do that freely up until you you turn over mr Pokey Lopes. and then like i said that's the point of no return that sort of begins the ending sequence but um so I I took Mr. Pokeylope around and introduced him to all the kids, and uh, <laughs> you know it was it was interesting. Some of the it's it's just like one of those cute little things where it's like okay yeah, it's like hey do this thing, and you know some some of what they say is is funny, and then some of it is just like meh. Um, nice. So, uh, man, I was just thinking about that one kid Vernon the 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 one that tells the stories that are awful oh yeah yeah uh anyways <laughs> uh so you climb the tower and f- you know once you turn over mr pokeylope's to shigor um there's sort of a showdown and w- well when you find shigor she has like a tea party set up going on mm-hmm. and sasha and mila have both had their brains removed And so they're sitting there catatonic, you know, without their brains or whatever. And then Lily's there too. And so, you know, you remove Dr. Lobato, you rescue their brains and, you know, you're sort of starting to tie up the stories here. And, um, you enter the, the last sort of thing ends up, basically there's a tank fight where you have to coach Oleander's brain gets put into his psychic tank you have to fight said psychic tank and then once that happens you get exposed to some super sleeping sne- sneezing powder you sneeze your brains out and then instead of being able to put your brains back in your own body you have to put them in the tank with coach which
0: unlocks the meat circus mm-hmm. so just before we get there okay do you i I have a question okay, okay. where did the Sneezing your brain out thing. Where, where did that come from?
1: That that was Doctor Lobato's thing when when they first started removing the brains. So at first, it seems like he's gonna pull the brain out with his claw, and uh-huh. then he shakes like the super sneezing powder over Dogan, and Dogan sneezes his brain out. Okay. So I, okay. I have no idea. Like other than that, that's just like sort of like it's just sort of the weird tongue in cheek. Like this game is weird. So. Yeah.
0: Yes. No, I, I felt that I, it just seemed out of left field. So I must've just forgotten that that's how Dr. Lovato was working. Cause, cause it happened with Oleander in order for him to get into the tank yeah. in order for the tank to show up. They make and him sneeze his rads. brains out. Yeah. Right. And so I'm just like, wait, what? Like, why is that happening?
1: Well, so, and- okay. And I think too, like the setup for this thing too is so, okay, Boyd is just unhinged and he's going, the milkman personality becomes dominant and he's going to, he's holding a, he stands in front of the gate holding a flaming bottle, like a, like a Molotov cocktail basically. Right. And so after you get to this point, everything sort of like closes up because the tower is, ah, gets destroyed too. And the way that that happens is, so like there's Sasha and Mila are fighting coach and they they teleport, they psycho bubble the kids away, right? And mm-hmm. they're fighting them. And then while this is going on, um, Edgar spills a bunch of his acetone and paint cleaner and other flammable things. Gloria actually turns like in in an attempt to water her plants turns on the gas and then Boyd throws you know the molotov cocktail the molotov yeah. cocktail setting everything on fire, you know, and there's this big sort of and, and it's 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 a neat little cinematic and yeah. then um you know. Like I said, something happens where the coach, sort of like they get the upper hand on the coach. They expose the super sneezing powder. Oh, Agent Crawler zips in. And um, yeah, which which was kind of interesting because like the whole premise was you meet him in his headquarters and there he's very, you know, coherent, cogent, sort of like with it and right. put together. And it turns out that's the only place where he can really operate that way because there's a, a load of titanium there. And years ago he lost, he got beat up in some psychic duel. And so when you, you encounter him across the camp, you encounter him as the cook or as ranger crawler or Ad, rear admiral crawler or janitor crawler. And it's like, his basically his psyche was fragmented. And so he can be himself when he's down in his headquarters. Mm-hmm. and And so it's like, well, somehow he figured out how to, maybe his brain got fixed or something. You know, I always wondered if you could use the, you know, now I'm like, maybe I'll load an old save and see if I can throw that psychic doorway on him. I don't think you can. Like,
0: Yeah, I don't (laughs) think he's in any sections. Is is his, like, is he in where you are actually playable? Well, like when you're
1: in his headquarters, like you can go down there. And talk Oh to yeah, him. that's true. So that's true. it's like yeah. technically you could be, I I don't think it lets you do that though. Um yeah. it probably is like no. Um he's probably like no. You no, you you don't get to don't do that. Don't
0: you try and use that on me now, Raz?
1: Yeah, something something <laughs> along those lines.
0: Oh, there was good aging crawler.
1: Oh, um, thanks. Crouchy old man. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh so anyways, coach's brain, he sneezes his brain out or and he ends up putting his brain into his psycho powered tank. Mm -hmm. And so there's a little bit of like a boss fight thing where you smash blocks and you set things on fire and you throw, you know, and it's like, okay. And it's like the, the three rounds sort of thing. And then again, Raz gets exposed to super sneezing powder, sneezes his brains out. And then you use telekinesis to launch your brain into the tank with coach Olding Anders and hence the meat circus, which is a fusion of Raz and coach Oleander's psyches. And it's the worst thing in the world. <laughs> I hate it so much. I remember not liking it years ago. Like it was just sort of like one of those okay. things that I put up with. Um, And so pre-show, we, we sort of talked about this and the way that I sort of described it or or explained it is I said like it's one of those things that it's a really interesting concept. I think it's a really well designed concept, mm-hmm. but it's sort of the way because the the game the gameplay itself, like is and the controls are not tight enough or precise enough to really like execute this well, and like the camera controls and everything else, and this is in part because this is a much older game the 3d platformer sort of thing was still a newer genre is still much younger than it is now. I mean, this is only a few years removed from like, I don't know, Ocarina time, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's a few years past that, but it's only a few years older than that. Um, or younger than that, so to speak. Um, but it's just awful and it's, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. I feel like it takes what is a pretty enjoyable experience up until this point and just makes me want to like pull my hair out. And Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I, like I said, I have hundred percent of this game and I have no idea how, (laughs) I think I was just a significantly better gamer who had way more time on his hands. Um, But yeah, it's like. It's, it requires a tremendous amount of platforming that just the game and just because of like camera angles and everything else, I just feel like it's really a pain. Mm-hmm. But, um, yes. And full disclosure, I was trying to beat it tonight to like finish it up and I did not get all the way through it. I, I made some progress. I got past a few points I had been stuck at, but, um, so there's Meat Circus 1, then there's the the rails, then there's the fight with the butcher, then there's Meat Circus 2, which is not nearly as intense in a lot of ways as Meat Circus 1. Then there's the upgraded fight with a butcher, and then it's endgame. So w- what are your
0: thoughts on the Meat Circus? Um, well, I, similar to, as we've said, It like it's written in such a way that it all makes sense. Um, It is much more than just a. a (laughs) If I could compare it to something to to a movie that I haven't seen, uh, Batman v Superman, it's not like the Martha moment. Um, It's like no, like your dad messed you up, my dad messed me up, kind of Mm -hmm. a thing. So you actually have like a connection with Oleander, and you're trying to free him from. Yeah, just the stuff that you know, an overbearing or not even overbearing, like just a dad who who had no emotional capacity um, for a child.
1: <laughs> so yeah, um, the, the, there's the whole you're you're trying to help Maury, as he's known, mm-hmm. or as he or Ollie as he calls himself. It's like mm-hmm. you can call me Maury, or Ollie, <laughs> yeah. But he's trying to save the bunnies from his dad, who is the butcher. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You get from one of the, from one of the little scenes that you can get, you just see that like, uh, and actually I will say if, if you look at it closely, his dad warned him, like, don't get attached to these things. And he totally did. Mm -hmm. And so then you see his dad just like take the bunny out of his hand and chop off its head basically. So, uh, you know, that, that kind of left an impression on the poor boy. Um, but yeah, so you're trying to help him out. You're trying to help him save the bunnies. And I mean, what was going through my head, there there were a couple parts that really tripped me up and that was the swinging mm-hmm. from the, uh, from the, the knife throwers, uh, it, just getting the timing down uh. and then being able to actually float after you swing was really difficult. Again, I don't know if it's my controller or what, but like it didn't activate some of the time and you're on you know you're on a a very strict time limit or else Oli is gonna die and so um that part was really frustrating uh, I see what it is and I don't think this is anachronistic to say I don't get why you would put an escort mission at the end of the game like that's just you know who who Again, it makes Uh, sense writing wise, but like everyone knows escort missions are the worst. Because it doesn't depend like, like
1: in, in a lot of ways, your success or failure doesn't depend on your skill in any way, shape
0: or form. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just a method of putting a, a very strict time limit. And, and, but then you also have to protect this, this helpless care. I mean, Yeah. Everyone knows that these types of missions are the worst. The best implementation I've ever seen of an escort mission are some of the missions in uh, uh, Resident Evil 4. And that's because you can tell, what's her name, Amy, I think? Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Um, You can tell her to go hide in a fridge or something like that. You know, like you you can can kind of stash her away. The president's daughter or whatever, yeah. You can make her hide.
1: So, yeah. um, I think I described it as it's a very big, nasty wart on an otherwise very good game. Mm -hmm. And because it like, the thing is like, it sort of displays all the weaknesses. Like the level design is interesting, but the platforming is not like the control, the cameras, everything. They aren't tight enough. It's not precise enough to, for them to, for you to do what they want you to do. I'm like, dude, like, I just feel like if they had just eased up and made some of those gaps, not as, as tight. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, as you know what I'm saying? Like if they just sort of eased up a little bit on some of this stuff, like it would have been one of those things where I'm like, okay, like we can move on. And yeah, but it's like, and then when you couple the fact that like Ollie, Ollie, Maury, whatever has like a life bar that sort of like, so there is a time limit for you to get through this. Now the, the only sort of upside to that, that I could say is like, well, you don't get punished. Like if he dies, you don't lose a life, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think too, like the other thing is, so there's like four or five of those stages, it just even sort of building in a checkpoint and saying, okay, you've got through past this first one, move on to the next one. Like, Mm -hmm. okay. And so that you can just sort of like rerun at that thing. But then if you, if you hit like that fail state where Ollie dies or you die or whatever, you have to start all the way back at the beginning which is infuriating, <laughs> like yeah, because it's it's already like kind of like a, a real pain. Um, it, it's one of those things like I appreciate the fact that like I think the like the the level design is really neat. Mm-hmm. I like the like it's just bad implementation is and again it's bad execution
0: well like you said it doesn't it doesn't punish you too bad in terms of like losing a life or losing you mm-hmm. know health or anything like that honestly to me though that made it that made me slightly upset because uh, while i while i appreciate it certainly that tells me that they recognized that people were going to die here a lot Mm -hmm. like they didn't punish you on purpose because they knew like you're not going to get this for a while like it would be too punishing if if this actually took lives from you or if you actually took damage from this kind of a thing so it was just like okay you recognize that but then like this was your way around it was like oh well just keep trying until you get it (laughs) yeah which is kind of frustrating. Uh, maybe, you know, th- I don't know the development history of the game. Maybe it was something they found in like focus testing at the end of the game was just too difficult. And so they rolled that back and they didn't want to completely redesign the last level. Okay, but it makes for a frustrating last level. Well, and um, a lot of it too is like, it's
1: just like, it's like the, the length of jumps. It's like they make it right so that you can just barely make that jump, and I'm saying like, why, why push it that close? Like, uh-huh. just bump, bump the platform like a, a little tighter in the game or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm looking at that, yeah. and I'm like, I'm like, that's just being a jerk. It's just like, <laughs> it's like you're dangling a carrot, and I'm like, like that's the kind of stuff where it's like, well, you can make it if you're good enough, and I'm like, make your game better stupid (laughs) like like i i infuriating is i think the only word that i have for that that first chunk especially i feel like kind of like it's just poop it's poop soup and i don't like it (laughs) yep like and 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 this is like a game that i really enjoy but like coming back to it i'm like oh please shoot me now (laughs) <laughs> um like even coming into it i was like okay this is going to be a real pain and then it's like oh no this yeah. is even worse than i remember mm. like i was like oh no oh no but, <laughs> uh, yeah. so after that there's the the bit on rails the tunnel of love i think is what it's called and uh mm-hmm. the one the one walkthrough sort of thing that i was looking at um that part was it was kind of like whatever it yeah it, i agree it was kind of like okay, like I died like a couple times on it, but it wasn't the
0: end of the world. Um yep. same here. Same here. I mean it it was annoying that you had to start all the way back over, but you basically just have to memorize it. Okay.
1: Yeah. Cool, it, and it's, move on. like and that's just something where I just feel like like just better cues. Like just mm-hmm. like give me some sort of like cue that when like there's a a break coming up in the track to let me know. And that, that could have been like, I don't know. But again, this is sort of like 3D platforming in its infancy. And yeah. uh, don't want to be too hard on it. Uh, so you go through that. Then you have the fight with the butcher. And that's it's a fairly interesting fight. There's like two or three. Yes. You do like three. It's like, you know, he has a couple different movesets, but he basically chases you around. You roll around on the ball. Um, and then you can... Now you can technically you can like basically you wait until he's his cleaver gets stuck and then you run up his arm and punch him in the face. Or right. you can just jump off the levitation ball and do you can punch him. So oh, really? Yeah.
0: I didn't know you could do that. So Dang.
1: um which is a lot easier. And so Yeah. I I think I ran up his arm once and then I accidentally stumbled into the the punching thing the second time. I was like, <laughs> Oh, we're we're just I'm oh, just hey. I'm just doing this now. Like, Why not? <laughs> I was like, um. So you can do that, and then you beat him, and he knocks you down into Meat Circus Part Two, which mm-hmm. you meet like the weird psychic residue of Rat Raz's dad, um. Mm-hmm. Which is, and this is where I sort of got stuck, and so yes. this is, and this is like okay, so this is much more technical platforming, like literally. There's the a few jumps where it's like, if you do not hit this thing just perfect, you will die. Mm-hmm. Like or And by die, you'll hit a fail state. And again, they don't punish you with losing lives or astral projections or whatever. You know, they're sort of like, but they don't punish you with losing lives. And it, And again, it's like, okay, instead of making this so tight and putting this like sort of like at the very thresholds of what's attainable, you could just move that up and make Mm -hmm. it a little easier because there's like i don't know like i was getting really i'm gonna say like i know that (laughs) i was getting really pissed um like i was getting angry because it's like it's like okay there's like one part where you you get up to the the trapeze and you do the swing Mm -hmm. and it's like i'm like right there and it's like like you just see Raz's body sort of collide with the wall and it's like, just grab it. You stupid. He's like, no, I was like, and you can't, you can't no, do like the not. double jump thing. I was like, wait, like it's the, some of that stuff is like, so it refuses to let me do like the little float jump thing. And I was mm-hmm. like this, I was like, I was getting angry about that. Um, and there's a lot of things like the gates, like that we talked about a yep. pre-show, like the climbing around the, the fiery gate things. Was dumb. Uh, the tightrope stuff, where his Raz's mental projection of his dad is like throwing the fiery dart things at you. Mm-hmm. I was like, all that stuff. I was like, this is so dumb, and yeah. and you've got to be like, the water's rising the whole time. I was just like, this is so so dumb. I hate this so much.
0: Like, that's just me. So no, yeah. Totally. This was, yeah, definitely the most frustrating part of the game. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe that's just because it was late and I really wanted to beat the game. <laughs> um, But it was, yeah, no, it was really frustrating. It got to the point where I continued to die and play it again. I didn't even care that I was taking damage from him throwing stuff at me. I was like, oh yeah, you just like pounding attempt-
1: through. You're like, I'm not right. trying to jump. I'm, I'm just nope, gonna move through exactly.
0: Yeah, there's a chance that I could fall off if I jump, so forget it. Like I'm yeah, I'm just gonna take take it right in the face and keep running. Dude, um, I
1: was getting like so when you finally do land on the platform from the trapeze and you have mm-hmm. to like jump on the three little like tightrope things and he's throwing darts at you saying, Hey, catch doing his stupid yeah. I was getting so angry. I remember <laughs> pausing and saying, Shut up! Shut up, you stupid fart Like <laughs> like nice i was i was angry because it's like okay like this is already sort of like some tech very technically demanding platforming like you're jumping on the mm-hmm. tight ropes and then of course like raz doesn't just jump on the tight rope he grabs it and he hangs there for a second and i'm like oh for yeah, pete's you're sake. just like
0: Tapping on the B button, just like, come on, come on. Get up there in my case. Well,
1: yeah, for me, I think it was cross. I'm like, Get up there, stupid. Get up, move. Oh, no, he hit you. Oh. (laughs) Yep. I used invisibility a lot because if you you cue that, then he doesn't throw anything. I
0: didn't know that. That makes sense.
1: I looked that up because I was I, I read that like I was sort of like reading ahead and I read that and I was like, Oh. Yeah, I'm going to remember that. Cuz like yeah. it's like use invisibility for this. I was like, "Yes, please." And thank you. <laughs> um nice. So, that's where like on this playthrough that I've I've sort of stalled out on that. But then okay. what happens next, Josh? Since you've actually done this more recently than me.
0: Filming. Yes. Yeah. So, right after that, I mean, yeah, you're basically at the end of the game. You have a final boss fight against um the butcher who has fused with because y- Raz's real dad shows up inside his brain and uh and he's like, No, like I never actually told you what you think I told you. You just kinda blew it out of proportion, Raz. Um and he's like, I love you and I wanna help you and blah blah, blah you know, all this stuff. And he's like, Oh okay. Well Who's, then yeah then real quick question there's that sort of Raz
1: Pun is that yeah. Raz's dad?
0: yes okay yes because he rips through that like he's like pushing up that's basically him like pushing up again and that was another frustrating thing because it's like just shut up oh yeah i'm dude. trying to so <laughs> that
1: that stupid vi- that stupid visual and audio cue i was just like oh. yeah and it just kept playing all the time exactly
0: exactly yeah uh... yeah so that added to the frustration but yes that is is his real dad trying to rip through like basically raz's mental state in order to get inside um so you find out Raz's dad is a psychic too which was alluded to before um but that he actually uses his powers um and and he's like I was just trying to protect you you know I didn't want you to get in over your head kind of a deal I love you Mm -hmm. um and so then Raz's projection of his dad is like oh well forget that um you know like no I'm you know I'm the real one I'm just gonna take you out whatever and so he fuses with the butcher and makes like the super version. And um, so Raz's dad basically like sacrifices himself sort of, or at least the brain version of himself, and basically gives all his power to Raz. And so you've got this huge like Mm -hmm. wicker man version of Raz that can fight the butcher head on. Um, But you can only use that form for a little while, like something like invisibility, where you can only use it for a little bit. You beat up on the guy, and then you turn little, and you run away because he's a huge butcher that is also throwing flaming.
1: Yeah, he's like on fire, so you can't do it, or like he's flaming. Or like, yeah, he throws like the flaming stuff. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that was a pretty cool boss fight. It wasn't particularly difficult. Um, I felt the same. Yeah. It, it's basically very similar to the first version of the butcher in difficulty level. Like, no, you'll get it. You can figure it out. It's not, it's not yeah. really too bad. Um, but it was a cool little set piece, and then once you beat him, then, so I guess I guess at that point they've gotten your body back. I don't know. Uh, you're you're done. You beat the game. Congratulations.
1: Yeah. Now there is a an extra cinematic. It's like sixty seconds long. I think if you Cap- get a hundred percent completion, and it sort of shows like some. And this is actually, I think this extra cinematic is actually what led people to, like, and it really sort of, like, I think this was initially teasing, like, a sequel. Like, and this is sort of, like, why Psychonauts 2 and the Rhombus of Ruin and all that stuff is such a big deal. Because mm -hmm. people who actually played this game, they're like, no, we want more. You've kind
0: of already promised us more. Let's, you know, so. Well, no, I'm sorry. So there was a cut scene at the end that, yeah, that totally sets up a sequel. After your brain gets separated from Oleander, it basically shows Raz kind of waking up. Um, and you know that that's what I was saying. Like, I, I guess I I don't really know what happens because you know you're seeing it from his point of view. Um, but he wakes up, and then all the the all the kids get their brains back, and it's basically this long scene of Oleander basically apologizing, mm-hmm. and I guess all is forgiven um, because like he's still at the camp and he's still you know like teaching people. But but it's it again. There's, it's kind of tongue in cheek a little bit where he's like. You know, um, I'm really sorry for what I've done. You realize it was, I, I was in a different mental state and I'm fixed now. So, you know, let's get back to kind of camp stuff. And so then after that happens, Raz gets like officially promoted to becoming a psychonaut. Mm. Uh, Cause, you know, he basically like saved the entire camp from Oleander. Um, and then the, There's a scene where Raz, I guess, oh, yeah, Raz and his dad are getting ready to leave the camp because the camp is over. Yeah. And then, then, uh, they come flying in like basically that X Men ship, you know, that they're in. I don't remember. Like, like
1: the, but yeah, they have like a psycho jet version of that.
0: Yes. And, uh, and they fly in and it's, uh, Mia, Mia and, uh, what's his name? Sasha and, uh, Oh gosh, I can't even remember the old dude's name. Agent Crawler, Crawler. There you go. And uh, and and they're, they they basically like you're hanging out with Lily, and they come you know flying in there, and they're like, "There's a psychonaut emergency." Oh, Oleander's oh, there too, because again, I guess he's good now. No problems. Mm-hmm. All is forgiven for trying to <laughs> rule the world and take over kids' brains. Whatever. Um, they're there and they're like, you know, there's an emergency. The, you know, the the head of the Psychonauts program just got kidnapped. Um, and Lily, you know, she's like, what, dad? Or something like that. And so, um, you know, they're like, Raz, yeah. you got to come with us. Now you're an official Psychonaut, so let's go. And so Raz, like, turns to his dad and he's like, is it okay? Like, is this, is this cool? And his dad is basically like, yeah, go for it. You know, you already... I, You've already learned, you know, all that I can teach you. So go ahead and go as a psychonaut. So then they jump in the spaceship and fly off or the airplane and then they fly off. And yeah. that's the end of Psychonauts. That's
1: the end. And okay, so now I guess my thoughts, and and again, this is sort of some pre-show we had talked about. that I would love to see them just come back and totally remake this game from the ground up. Not mm-hmm. even like really adding much to it, but just tightening up the, the, the controls and just like fixing some of this stuff that we've talked about. I don't think that's going to yeah. happen. Um, but since we've gone through this, and like like I said, probably here in the next day or so, I, I plan on beating this and then rolling into Silent Hill. Uh, but uh, I there's that Psychonauts uh, Rhombus of Ruin, which actually takes mm-hmm. place in the jet as you're flying to this mission or whatever, that's like where it starts. Ah, it, so nice. it picks up right after psychonauts. And I think it might even sort of bridge psychonauts, you know, and psychonauts too, but mm-hmm. psychonauts 2 isn't out yet. So we don't know. Um, okay. but uh, so I am definitely going to be looking at like when rhombus of ruin is sort of cheap, I'm going to like pick it up and, and play through it at some point in time just because th- this world is absolutely charming. The the Psychonauts universe is is a fun place that like sort of hang out and and you know screw around in. So like something I'd like to sort of incorporate is it, on a scale of let's say uh cult classic you might want to pass or you know, poop soup. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, what would you rate Psychonauts as? Because I mean for me, even with the inclusion of like uh, Meat Circus, this thing is very much a cult classic. I, I think like I just even sort of like coming back and sort of having the nostalgic glasses ripped off, my nostalgic mm-hmm. my, my nostalgic goggles ripped off, um uh I'm kind of like this game's still really good. It's really fun, mm-hmm. it's really charming. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I, uh, so, (laughs) well, I think it's, it is definitely a really good game, um, but for different reasons than I kind of expected, um, you know, I've never been big on collect a thons, but this one definitely did after I kind of got acclimated to it. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it made me want to collect the different things that were there. So, maybe I am into collectathon's more than I thought. I just haven't played a ton of them. Um, but in terms of like 3D platformers in general, it's not the best one that I've ever played. Yeah, it's pretty um, like mid-tier you know,
1: at best as far as like that goes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'd recommend something like like the 3D Mario games, mm-hmm. you know, like Mario Galaxy, I'd say is a much better game in terms of just gameplay itself, mm. but Mario Galaxy doesn't have the story and the writing that this one does. Mm. so it's a it's just a different bag, you know, yeah, um i i I'm definitely interested in what Psychonauts Two is gonna show when it comes out next year, hopefully next year, you know, we'll see yeah, um because, like I'd imagine with all this time that has passed that Double Fine would be able to kind of see what what has happened in the, the realm of 3D platformers and be able to kind of iron out some of this stuff. Because, um, it, yeah, it just certainly has its shortcomings. But it's definitely worth playing. Um, it's definitely something that, you know... Yeah, I, I, I'd give it a recommendation um, just... Not purely because of the gameplay. It's not just a gameplay type of game. Yeah. There are other reasons that you would play. Yeah. This.
1: I mean the gameplay is sort of something in a lot of ways that you you kind of have to get through. It's passable. But mm-hmm. the the hook of the game isn't like, oh, this is like I mean, there are some levels like Lunkfish is just fun. Um yeah. so um but it's like it's just like this is like quirky and weird and charming enough that you're just like, I want to see what happens next. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, like I said, for me coming back to, to this years and years later, and it's like, like I said, I have no idea how I a hundred percent of this. (laughs) And, um, yeah, that's, it's just like, yeah, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what, what, what would be your sort of like rating? like should play, must play kind of. Or is it just like eh, you know, watch watch YouTube clips if you're really interested?
0: Oh man, the, the, I don't know that I would I would recommend that. I mean, not that I don't watch some you know playthroughs every once in a while of certain games, but that just I don't know. I, I'm not sure that I would do that. That just seems d- disingenuous for what was created here. Um, I I would say I would say may, probably a should play. Um no I I think it's it is a cult classic for a reason um and so to go back and experience that um I think there's definitely something here yeah worth playing so a should play not necessarily a must play yeah yeah
1: I think that's a fair assessment I mean I like I said it's for me even after having like the, again the nostalgia goggles ripped off this is very much it's like sort of like borders like should play cult classic status it's like mm-hmm. man i think this game deserves a lot of love uh in a lot of ways and it's earned its sort of mm-hmm. reputation but
0: uh, the only other thing is that i was kind of surprised and again this is something that i'm i'm interested to see what psychonauts 2 does um but because of the somewhat short length of the game I, and because uh, that the writing was so good, I was very surprised that the overall plot line was very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Like I was expecting there to be more twists and turns of like, oh, it seems like it's Oleander, but he was set up. Or, you know, even like you mentioned how like very early in the game, Lily, there it is heavily implied, you know, she likes Raz. And so of course th- through the entire game, like, oh yeah, they get together. Like they're constantly talking about, you know, being becoming boyfriend and girlfriend, like every scene that they're in is very much like getting them to that point. Mm -hmm. It it was just things like that, that I was, I was surprised. I think they could, you know, if they thought through it a bit more, but maybe they were trying to keep the, the game itself to a shorter, like it was supposed to have a, a shorter pace. Now, I'm sure this was a very expansive game for 2005 when it came out, you know, a 10 hour platformer is still a huge game. That's a chunk of time wrong. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's Um, not one that's contingent on like lots of exploration. This is like, not like Mario 64 where it's like hundreds mm -hmm. of hours worth of content. If you want to like screw around, this is like, this is sort of a platformer that has an agenda like, and with Psychonauts 2, just sort of like to my hopes for Psychonauts 2 are that it takes sort of the good parts of Psychonauts and the Psychonauts universe and fleshes those out, gives us maybe a little mm-hmm. bit more of a story um, with better gameplay elements. Like, just yeah. clean up the gameplay stuff. Like, hire some people who actually know how to do 3D platforming. If that's like not your <laughs> forte, find some people who's that is their forte and put them in charge of that stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. like I, I thought like the toolkit towards the end, like all of the little psychic powers that you got and the power ups and stuff were cool. And I just, Mm -hmm. I, I was like, "Eh, yeah, no, it's just, it's just fun. Like there, there's a lot of really good, good design elements in this game. It's just like, they're, I think the, the biggest problem is that the, the platform, like the biggest issue comes down to the cameras are not great. They're not terrible, but they're not great, and that the mm-hmm. actual tightness of controls is just a real problem. Like what they want, yeah. what what they want out of you sometimes, I'm like, nah, dude, you're asking too much. Like I'm mm-hmm. just, yeah. So that's that's me. But
0: yeah, again, if I were to, you know, like I compared it earlier to something like Mario Galaxy. I just feel like it needed more polish mm-hmm. in terms of gameplay. Like, that's really what it is. The bones of this are very solid. And it was fun. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I didn't like the game. I did enjoy my time. There were just moments of frustration um, that made me, well, frustrated. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's 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 a good game. I was, yeah, I was just surprised that, the story was so straightforward. There were no yeah. kind of, to- I was waiting to, I was waiting for them to, you know, like for someone to jump out and be like, ha it was me the whole time. Or, you know, like, th- you know, yeah. th- for it to go somewhere I didn't see there. Were- now that said. There was enough wackiness in all of the mm-hmm. little like bits that you were in, all the little vignettes, if you will, um that again, very good writing for each of the the places that you were in, just the overall plot was very straightforward, yeah, so I just thought that was interesting
1: yeah it's it's definitely like it's a it's a neat process, so yeah. well we have we have a beefy boy on our hands here, so it's true we should probably it's true stop talking again.
0: <laughs> crazy
1: oh uh, we we you know we were doing pretty good there for a while and you we're know, back to our old bad at brevity ways that's so. true
0: here we are well if you have any more thoughts if we didn't exhaust the game and i know there are a couple people in uh, our in the backlog book club who absolutely adore this game so i'm sure we could not touch on everything no matter how long we talked about this but if you have any thoughts you can reach us a number of different ways. Like I just mentioned, we have the Backlog Book Club on Facebook. Uh, that's our Facebook group where you can you know, just say something about something that we missed in Psychonauts. Maybe your favorite part of the game we didn't even mention. Who knows? Um, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, on Twitter, our handle is at bbdowncast and we've got a discord server as well and the link for that is in the just I can't talk the link for the, the discord server is in the description there you go you passed with flying colors my good i'm man. not sure how uh, and then there <laughs> and there are a number of ways that you can reach either of us personally you know psn uh switch friend codes Twitter, Facebook, GG, all that fun stuff. I generally go by that's Broccolope. That's B R O C C O L O P E. And Nate, super simple. Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. E
1: e e e e e e e.
0: Awesome. And if you like what you heard, all of all, you know, two and a half hours of what you heard, um, we'd really appreciate it if you rate us on iTunes or however you're listening to this. Give us you know, a review. Give us some pointers if you want to. Yeah, feedback um, is appreciated. Share it your friends. Yeah. And we, like we mentioned earlier, we do also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the backlog breakdown. Um, so if you want to throw a couple bucks into a tip jar, there's that for you. Yes. But um, Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, before we sign off, just a quick little rundown. We've mentioned it a couple times, um, but October... It's Halloween, so we are going to be playing a horror game in October. We did Resident Evil 4. Was that last year?
1: Two years ago. Last year was Dead Space.
0: Dead Space. That's Man, that was a year ago. That's crazy because that was a good experience. Mm. Um, This year we're tackling Silent Hill 2. So if you'd like to play along with us, grab that game, start some conversation in the group. I'm sure we'll be talking about it. Um I've played the first game in the series. I've never played the second and I've owned it for quite a number of years. Um so I'm excited because I've heard it's like a staple in horror in the horror genre in the psychological horror genre.
1: I have never beaten any of them and I'm a little spooky spooky. <laughs> All right, I'm a little spooked already. So oh, no. I'm a little sp- too much spooky uh, for me. I'm spoopy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Oh, it's you could tell we're just degenerating at this point. Just, it, bro, it
0: happened. Bro, bro. It happened. but yeah. So we bro. we would love to have more people joining us on that ride. Um, I'm I'm highly anticipating. Yeah. It. So
1: it'll be fun. If I have any like man bear screams. I will make sure that, like, <laughs> if it seems like it's going to happen, I will try to upload that footage to me reacting to this game.
0: To, to does the PSVR allow you to play other like non VR games, just viewing it through the headset?
1: Yeah, but I, but because it's a PS3 sort of thing, I'm not going to oh, be okay. able to do that. So, gotcha. Um, gotcha. I'll I'll set something up with my camera, like my phone or something. I'll figure something out. So nice. Uh, I I don't know. I'm I'm probably going to play this with a bit of a walkthrough. Um, okay. Just just for the sake of like I I I typically tend to be sort of like a experience things organically kind of guy. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's just <laughs> for the sake of getting through it. I, I, there might be a point where I'm like, okay, like it's going to be like the, the walkthrough might be on hand at all points in time. And that's just like, when I'm just like, yeah. okay. So
0: if it's like the first game, it's, it's going to be necessary, but I've, I've heard enough good things about this entry that I don't think it's going to be as, as janky as the first game. So okay, I'm stoked. Um, but yeah, if you'd like to join it'll us, be, please do. It'll
1: be spooky. <laughs>
0: There you go. Lead up to Halloween. We'll have, we'll all have nightmares together. Mm Hmm. All right. Well, Josh,
1: now that we've sort of beaten this psychic puppy, psychic horse to death and turned it into psychic glue. (laughs) uh, Jeez, man, I'm, I'm really just sort of like going off the rails here. Um, Maybe that should be the title of the episode, <laughs> Psychic Glue. Do psychic horses make psychic glue? <laughs> um, but now that we've done that, Josh, until next time, what should they do?
0: You guys, keep beating down your backlogs. We'll keep breaking down the benefits. e e e e e e e